Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our slash entitled parents, the movie Christmas Day edition. First of all, I hope you're all having an amazing Christmas day, whether that be with family, chilling with your pals, whatever you're doing, I hope it's going well. But look, if it's not going as well as you might have hoped, or you know, you're having a bad day, don't worry, because I can assure you that the vast majority of people in the video you're about to watch are having a significantly worse day than you. In this extended Entitled Parents episode, I'm gonna be showing you some of the very best Entitled Parents stories from the past couple of months or so. And trust me, some of the Entitled people that we're gonna come across in this episode are unbelievable, like genuinely mind-blowing, trust me. So without further ado, guys, sit back, relax, and enjoy our slash Entitled Parents, the movie Christmas Day edition. My sister doesn't allow our mum to cough. I am a 22-year-old woman. And I live with my mum, who is 45, and twin sisters, who are 20. Last week, we caught the flu. It was really awful, especially for mum, because she had a high fever and a very stuffed nose. I'm currently in a similar position. So my sister, Emily, came back from school really annoyed today, and she yelled at us for different reasons. When my mum told her to watch her mouth and then broke into a coughing fit immediately after, Emily got extremely mad and started screaming at her to hold it in as it's disgusting and it's forbidden to walk around the house spreading germs. Mum also got angry and told her that it's her house so she can do whatever she wants and if she doesn't like it, she's more than welcome to get a job and move out. Yeah, no words for this one. Your own daughter not allowing you to cough when you're sick in your own home. It's just insane. If she's not gonna move out, force her out, sack her off, let's move on. Now for our second story of today's episode. I ruined Thanksgiving last year and I'm still not sorry. This story begins a number of years ago with a particular dessert pastry my mother used to make, pudding pie. I didn't know why this pie was so much better than regular pudding, but it was delicious and I'd actually look forward to that pie before Thanksgiving. That's how good the pie was. Sadly, like all good things, this pastry too came to an end. One year, my mother decided that the pie was too fattening for her diet and she swapped some ingredients around. She swore up and down it would taste no different. Spoiler alert, it tasted like nightmares feel. Immediate and extended family protested and requested the dire abomination be banished and the delicious pie brought back. Those pleas fell on deaf ears. Eventually, mum had enough and said she wasn't stopping anyone else from making the pie, but she wasn't doing it anymore. I assume she figured that nobody else would have the gumption to actually seek out the recipe and make it. She thought wrong. In the very wee hours of Thanksgiving morning last year, I took up that gauntlet and prepared my pie in secret. I procrastinated until the literal last minute. I forgot the pie needs some time to set before it can be eaten. I even managed to control myself and not just start eating the filling. I did have one small taste to make sure I didn't forget an important ingredient though. So I showed up for Thanksgiving lunch at my aunt's house with my pie and there was much rejoicing. Real sugar, actual tasty ingredients, 
I inhaled my meal in the interest of getting to pie sooner and may or may not have overdone it a bit. I needed some time on my feet to make room for a slice of my pie. So I stepped outside to vape and chat with the smokers. I got numerous compliments on not screwing up instant pudding in a pie tin. The actual pie was more complicated than that, but I just took the ripping. I make it inside and beeline for the dessert table. There's my mother standing near her imposter pie, which was missing a single piece, looking like she's sucking a lemon. Whether that was from the taste of her evil pie or the fact that mine was so popular is anyone's guess. I'm certainly not brave enough to ask, but there's not even a sign of my pie. I see apple pie, pumpkin pie, toll house pie, but no pudding pie. Not even the pie tin. It couldn't be so delicious that people actually ate the tin in the 10 minutes I was outside. So I address the room, asking where my pie is. Several people look at one of the couches and then away. What I saw made my blood boil. My sister is sitting on my aunt's new couch, the entire pie tin on her lap, massive spoon in one hand, a can of whipped cream in the other, and she is going to town on my pie which had been a little over half eaten by people who weren't complete savages before it fell in with bad company. I recall saying, really, sis? Her head pops up and she looks at me like a deer in headlights. This woman, who is in her 30s, mind you, has chocolate pudding and whipped cream smeared all over her face. She compounds the image of a toddler by speaking with her mouthful as she tries to justify herself. What? Mum said someone needed to take the pie away before she caved. Reason and consideration left me. I spent hours on that pie and I didn't even get to eat a single piece. I won't claim what I did next was okay. All I will say is I've yet to regret doing what I did and I honestly can't think of any other way I could have responded. I don't think I'm the hero of this tale. All I can say is I'm not the only villain. I snorted like a little piggy. Twice. I'm not sure when the rest of the room quietened down and watched our little showdown. All I can say is it was silent when I oinked and everyone heard it. It took a little while for what happened to actually percolate into her brain. But once my sister realized, she just stood up, sending the pie onto the floor with the pudding part face down and flung what was in her hands away so she could cover her face and start sobbing. She sprinted to the bathroom and slammed the door shut. Then all heck broke loose and my extended family went to war with each other. A small but vocal section of the family started berating me for doing that to my sister. Neither of us are pixies. And the larger portion arguing with the smaller because who just grabs an entire pie and eats it like that? I just grabbed some napkins and did the best I could to get most of my pie out of my aunt's brand new carpets. She'd hosted Thanksgiving that year because her house had been completely remodeled with fresh paint on the walls and a brand spanking new interior. I gave my aunt a hug and apologized for the mess before I left with an otherwise Irish goodbye. She didn't say anything then, but I've spoken with my aunt since and she said she doesn't blame me. My parents actually paid for the carpet to get steam cleaned because there was pudding everywhere and it was a light colored carpet why my parents paid and not my sister who works a full-time job and is otherwise allegedly a fully functional adult well that's an excellent question so that's the story of how i ruined thanksgiving last year i hope you won't judge me too harshly you know what i can't even work out who's worse in this story your mum or your sister or maybe they're just both as bad as each other 
seriously they're both terrible like to be honest yeah i do get if your mum wouldn't want to eat the pie herself maybe she's on some sort of diet then it's not the most healthy thing completely fine but still it brings so much joy to so many people why not just make it anyway and then just don't eat a slice yourself that would make more sense to me given that so many people absolutely love it and it's the highlight of their thanksgiving but hey fair enough then your sister eating half the pie herself when she knows how much everyone else loves it not even allowing uop to eat some of your own pie that again is just awful and to be honest doing the pig snorting noises i back it i think that was completely justified can you imagine her just like chilling on the sofa just digging in with a with a trotters well a bit harsh but anyway yeah i can i also love how your sister tries to justify it as in her mum saying to her take the pie away from me or i'm gonna have some myself because it is so nice and she just eats half of it herself instead incredible let's move on and now for our third story uncontrolled kid in the waiting room i take my daughter to speech therapy and i have to wait in the waiting room during her appointment because my other daughter helen and three-month-old baby can't join her because of covid rules no big deal helen is pretty active but well behaved there are other parents and kids who come through the waiting room while my older daughter has her appointments now i've been having a problem with a mother and daughter who come in after us and leave before us The first time we encountered them, we were sitting on a couch and the little girl, who was probably around four or five, sat right next to us. There were plenty of other places to sit and I tried to ignore her. Her mum made a half-hearted attempt to remove her but gave up when the little girl didn't want to move. Now, she doesn't wear a mask and then she proceeded to sneeze on my nursing pillow and her mum removed her. The second time, she sat on the couch with us another week and I tried to coax her to gently move without any luck. A few more times later, I told her that normally we like making friends, but we want to keep germs to ourselves. No dice. Usually, she only leaves when she has to go into her appointments. I talked to my friend, who's a special needs kindergarten teacher, about what to do in this situation. I don't want to be mean, and I don't know what limitations the little girl has in terms of comprehension. I'm not trying to demonize a little girl who has special needs, but her mum really needs to get a hold of her. My friend told me to be firm but friendly and tell her we want to avoid spreading germs. The last time was insane. I'd given up sitting on the couch in the waiting room in favor of chairs, so there was less room. However, the little girl sat right in the chair with Helen and took me by surprise. I said, no thank you, and her mum got her off. Then she went right for me, trying to lift my nursing cover off of me while I was breastfeeding. I told her no, and her mum said, well, she just wants to see the baby. I replied, "Uh, he's eating right now. Then the mum moved her daughter away from us. I saw the little girl slide onto the floor out of the corner of my eye. And when her mum left her for a split second, the girl came right over and again lifted my cover off. I barked, absolutely not, and her mum pulled her off of me. The little girl was called in for speech and that was the end of it. I'm at a loss about what to do. The mum knows what's going on and doesn't care unless I'm very vocal. What do you all think? I mean, this is actually a pretty horrible position to be in if you think about it, especially given the pandemic that's been going on for quite a long time now. Oh, I don't like anything about this story. Again, as I often say, I don't really blame the little girl. She's only four or five. She doesn't really know too much. She probably doesn't have that much common sense. The mum, though, what are you doing? If you can't control your child and you get angry because 
this mum isn't letting your child see her baby it's ridiculous especially when breastfeeding but also come on it's covid man ridiculous i don't really know what advice i can give to the mum other than you kind of have to take it up with the staff at this therapy place wherever you are and say to them how uncomfortable this mum is making you feel and hopefully they can do something about it I don't really know what they do. Maybe just say, look, if you can't keep to the current rules about social distancing, then you're not allowed to come here anymore. It's ridiculous. It really is. I don't know what more this mum individually can do other than say, go away. Guys, get in the comments if you don't mind. Drop some advice below for OP. What would you do in this situation? I'd probably just have to complain and say, look, this is ridiculous. I feel very uncomfortable and pretty unsafe being in the same waiting room as this mum and her daughter. Sort them out, please. Entitled sister demands I take her children to Disney with me and my girlfriend, despite knowing it's a secret proposal trip. I am a 31-year-old woman and my girlfriend and I are planning a trip to Disneyland Paris. Not for any time soon with the pandemic, but we're still planning. It's not as big as, say, Florida, but it's closer to us, and it's also both our first time going. And as my girlfriend is obsessed with Disney, it's where I'm planning to propose to her to make it more special. My sister knows I'm proposing, as she helped me pick out the ring, and she was very supportive until she found out where i was planning to propose she doesn't approve of it as we're not kids and has stated that as we're not children it's weird and how if i wanted to go there i should take her kids who are 10 and 6. now i love my niece and nephew but this is a special trip for me and my girlfriend i explained this to my sister and i thought she understood but next time i was overseeing her kids they were upset as she had told them about the disney trip and they couldn't understand why i wouldn't take them i tried to console them but i felt very put on the spot and upset by this i ended up leaving not long after and my sister keeps badgering me to take the kids now as they're so upset the worst part is my girlfriend has now started to feel guilty and is wondering if we should just take the kids with us Oh, what a start to the episode. Imagine purposefully ruining your sister's proposal. That is horrible. I mean, that in isolation is bad enough, but then on top of that, manipulating your sister and her girlfriend who has no idea what is planned into taking your kids with them on holiday. Oh, horrible person. Let's move on. Now for our second story. My mother cares more about money. I got a snake just over a year ago and I love him dearly. He is adorable. Recently, he's been quite sick. So we, my dad and I, took him to the vets. It turns out that he has a life-threatening infection that doesn't have a treatment that's guaranteed to work. Now, this was not due to my husbandry, but he did have it when we got him. It only showed now. We came back home and my mother walks into my room and asks about the visit. I tell her everything, including the infection. She isn't that close to the snake as it's mine, but as soon as I finish, she keeps hounding me about how much the visit costs. This went on for some time. I told her I don't know how much it costs because my dad paid for it, so she went to him. She found out and came back up and started getting mad that it cost that much. I just found out my snake has a high chance of dying. She's been snappy with me and has made jokes and comments about it too. I just needed to get this off my chest. It's driving me insane. Now, if you've been around on my channel for a while now, you'll know that I have a snake myself. Marty, a little corn snake. I'll chuck him up on screen right now. This is actually from a year ago. Uh, I do look quite different. Marty looks the same, I'll be honest. I look a little bit different, but anyway, um, yeah, if... He had an illness and by the way, he has had some issues, you know with his eyes for example throughout the years He's quite old now We would definitely take him to the vet and we definitely pay the money to sort him out and nobody would complain about spending too much on your pet 
It's so weird. I mean, look, anyone with a pet, you guys watching right now, I assume a lot of you have pets. You know just how much they can mean to you. And if there's an issue with them, you're going to go and sort it. Honestly, even if it's really expensive, you're going to do it. It just makes sense. It's human, right? So to have this sort of reaction to spending too much money on your pet is really strange. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And now moving on to our third story of today's episode. This one, I'm not going to lie, is pretty epic. Entitled mum tried to walk off with my mum's Christmas gifts, injured me, and then claimed I stole her items. I honestly can't believe that this just happened, but here we go. I was online shopping this morning when I saw these gorgeous outdoor Christmas lights at really great prices at a local store. My mother loves Christmas, but she's never had the money or time to put any lights up but she longed to have some. I decided that as an early Christmas present, I would get her some that she could be proud of. I purchased some great deals online, like some light up reindeer, her favorites, some colorful string lights with the colors red, green, white, blue, and purple, a snowflake shaped lights, and some light up candy canes for her candy cane lane. I ordered them, paid with my credit card, and was actually able to pick them up in store same day, all for less than $100 a total steal. When I get there, I see there's a long line at customer services, so I decided to browse for a bit. I ended up getting a super great deal on a pair of dripping ice cool lights, the buy one get one free deal. I then added a strand of light up garland so she could decorate inside with more than just the tree. I know it's a lot, but I made good money from doing remote lab work at my university. And since I had more than enough saved up for tuition, I decided to spoil my family after such a rotten year. What I got from my siblings, dad and grandparents are not related to this event. So I go, pay, and sure enough, the line at customer service is a lot shorter. I get in line, wait maybe 20 minutes, and when I'm at the counter, I presented my email proving proof of purchase, but it takes a bit for her to scan the QR code, as the device is apparently not reading it. I got no problem with that, because hey, things happen, when suddenly my own car is slammed into my side. See, what I did was put myself between my cart and the exit. I've read one too many horror stories of people just running off with others' purchases, and I wanted to play it safe. And it kind of worked. Except for the fact that I'm now in a lot of pain because my own car was rammed right into my hip bone and knee, knocking me over to the floor and nearly making me whack my head. And the crazy lady who did that then tried to push my own cart over me. All while screaming, I kid you not, you stupid little thief. This lady was literally trying to sell the I stole her cards. Needless to say, I'm super annoyed and super in pain. Security is called. I'm screaming at the lady to stop lying and give me back my cards. And then I ended up detained. Why? Sadly, she was black and I was Caucasian in a time of all this racism craziness. Now, before you start on the whole you're racist stuff, I'm not. I couldn't care less if that lady was an alien or had purple skin or was the queen of England herself. I treat others how they treat me. 
and she was stealing my gifts from my mother and claiming that I was the thief. Angry, I then twisted out of the security guy's hold, ripped the receipt out of my pocket, and shoved it in his face. I have the receipt, you idiots. He's startled, steps back, and stares at the receipt. And I snap at him that he needs to get a pair of glasses because skin color or not, I've got the receipt, that female dog doesn't. Now call me a dang ambulance because I can't take the bus home from how in pain my body was from being rammed by my own cars. An older security guard, a manager, and the head honcho supervisor came over. And the older guard started berating the younger guy for jumping to conclusions. Again, apparently. The manager checks my receipt and sure enough, it's all mine. And the crazy lady, of course, has no receipts. But then, of course, the lady starts wailing about how I must have stolen my receipts, only to have it pointed out that I'd used my points card for that store, which was on the receipt, and they could match that to my ID. They also obviously had CCTV of me with all my items, buying them, and then her coming along, grabbing them, and ramming me with my own cards. I then have to sit there on a bench with all my items, The customer service girl who struggled to get the QR code to scan returned my phone to me. I dropped it on the counter when I was hit. And I started placing my items I had bought online into the cart, which had now been returned to me, while the crazy lady was detained. Police and EMTs arrive not long after. The store actually wasn't that far from a hospital or the police station. And after the EMTs loaded me onto a stretcher, my ankle was badly twisted from being knocked over. And of course, I wanted to go to the hospital to be safe. I give my statement, press charges, before turning to the supervisor as he comes over. He's very apologetic and asked if I want anything from the store for free as compensation for this disaster. I told him that all I wanted was for A, the idiot security guard to either be rigorously retrained in thinking for once or be fired, B, that I wanted them to hold onto my purchases until I could come back to pick them up, and C, that that crazy lady who was now screaming, you'll hear from my son, he's a lawyer, which is how I know she's an entitled mum, be perma-banned from their entire chain, because who knows if she's gotten away with it before or would do it again. The super agreed that it was more than fair. The security guy who detained me improperly looked horrified. And apparently the crazy lady heard that and went deathly pale before she fainted right then and there. I'm now sitting in a hospital bed, my ankle in a cast, the bones cracked, my left hip and knee in pain, my right elbow bruised, and having to call my grandparents to pick me up because my family only has two cars and my sister and dad are both at work, hence why I took the bus. I'm so angry, it's not even funny. And typing this out on my phone, I don't care about spelling errors. What happened to me isn't right, no matter the skin color, and I'm going to be pressing charges. And I'm in Canada, so I can't make her pay my medical bills as it's covered by the provincial plan. Uh, Yeah, OP, you definitely want to be pressing charges on this one. Uh, That's assault right there, ladies and gents. Plain and simple, get some compensation. Surely though, this store should have given you all your stuff that you'd bought online for free, right? As in that was like the, the, the least they could do. Like, you know, at the end, when the manager says, do you want anything for compensation? Why doesn't he just give you all the stuff that you bought online and the stuff you have in store for free? That's like an easy thing to do. Didn't do it. You didn't really demand it. Fair enough. I mean, I don't blame you for not demanding it. You had to go to hospital. He surely should have just given it to you straight away though, right? 
right? As for the woman, this sort of thing, I, I don't think it would ever happen in the UK. Someone buying stuff at a store and then someone else in line immediately picking up and running with it. I've never heard of that happening. Like, even when you were saying about you having to position your shopping cart between you and the exit, that is never something I would even consider doing. I don't think anyone does that in the UK. It's weird. Guys, in America, you watching right now, do you do that? Or is that just something that OP does and has said it's normal? It's interesting. Never heard of it before. Let me know. Sorry, by America, I mean America and Canada. Completely forgot this story happens in Canada. So yes, Americans, Canadians, let me know. Is this a Northern American thing or is this just a thing that everyone does and I don't do? Educate me, please. Karen rages when I snatch her phone after she was filming a dying woman. A few years ago, I was on a flight from London to Sydney when an older woman, maybe 70, suddenly collapsed in the aisle. The flight attendants rush over to her and check her pulse and determine she doesn't have one and commence CPR. People are standing up to see what's happening and a few people start to film. At this point, the flight crew have brought out a defibrillator and have had to remove the dying woman's shirt to use it on her. Myself and a few other people tried to stand around them to block the view and give the poor woman some dignity in this horrible moment. The flight crew are naturally panicking, but remaining professional. One flight attendant is asking people to stop filming, but they don't. The closest person to me was Karen, and she had her phone moving at all angles to try and get some footage of the poor woman on the floor. I snatched her phone out of her hands and called her a disrespectful idiot. And she instantly started screeching that I'd stolen her phone. The flight attendants weren't paying attention to what she was saying as they clearly had more important things to focus on. She then grabbed a flight attendant who was assisting with first aid by the arm and told them I'd stolen her phone. I didn't want to cause more drama for the poor flight attendant who was so flustered. So I threw her phone down on her seats. The lady collapsed shortly before we landed. So once we'd landed, we all had to wait on the plane while ambulance crew boarded and commended CPR and eventually took her off the flight. While we were waiting, Karen said, Can we get off the plane? I want to go home. I've had a long flight and I'm tired. Luckily for me, someone else was sick of her BS because they told her to shove her complaints up her butt. I wish I'd thrown her phone out of the plane if I could have. I mean, genuinely, is that where we are right now in society where when someone is having a heart attack and dying in front of you, you take your phone out and start filming them? I don't even get it. Like, what are you going to do with that footage? Are you going to like put it on Facebook or something? Try and get views with it on YouTube? Like, what are you going to do with that? It's just such a strange decision. <laughs> I don't get that at all. I've got to say, though, OP, well done for calling her out. It's a shame that it sounds like nobody else there really backed you up. It was kind of just you. Weird. I would have thought that everyone there who wasn't directly helping or covering her would have said to this woman, what the f*** are you doing, you crazy b***? Put your phone away and f*** off. Now moving on to our next entitled people story. Brother who worked in fast food kept putting mustard on my burgers till I told his manager. This happened roughly seven years ago. My brother got his first job at 18 and it was at a local fast food restaurant. In my previous post, I talked about how much I don't like mustard, but my family loves it. Well, when my brother got that job, there were a few times I ate there while he was on shift. He was new. So they had him either cleaning or assembling the burgers at that time I tell the clerk that was taking my order that I wanted no mustard on my burger But when I got the burger there was mustard I took it back and they remade it without the mustard But the next time I ate there I got mustard again Despite asking them not to put it on and I got the burger remade again It took the third time for this to happen before I realized my brother 
was doing it on purpose The third burger had like more than twice the required amount of mustard on it And when I showed it to the manager I quietly told him about my family's crazy love for mustard And how they tried to make me eat it for so long and never understood that I don't like it The manager thought it was weird but said he'd keep a closer eye on my brother and got my burger remade again Well, the next time I came in while my brother was there The manager took a moment to watch him assembling the burgers and caught him not only putting mustard on my burger again But using way too much just like the last time with a big evil grin on his face I heard the manager yell out his name and my brother jumped and fumbled the mustard squirter then dropped it Which got yellow mustard on the manager and all over the floor The manager had him clean up the mess while another employee remade my burger without mustard and then wrote my brother up for maliciously tampering with my food. And he was made to clean the bathrooms and anything else the manager felt like needed extra cleaning that day. After that, I never got mustard on my burger there again while my brother was working there. The evening that all went down, my brother complained to my parents that I'd gotten him in trouble over a little joke when he got home from work. My dad initially sided with my brother without hearing my side But I pointed out that all I did was want my order that I paid for the way I'd ordered it And he was intentionally sabotaging it just because I was there Which last I checked was not part of his job And it was the manager who caught him sabotaging my food as he was making it Then I described the scene that went down in detail Which my brother had conveniently glossed over in his version of events He had no leg to stand on So he called me a jerk and acted like he was gonna slug me But my mum diffused the situation and said I was right And if my brother wanted to keep a job He shouldn't be pulling stupid pranks while at work My dad had pretty much nothing more to say on the matter He loves mustard But he also wouldn't do something like that and risk his job My brother lasted only six months working at that restaurant Before he quits and went to work elsewhere He was on thin ice with two write-ups And decided to put in his notice before they fired him He never got a job in fast food again and the manager at the restaurant told me he was not missed So does your brother just hate you then? Is that what's going on here? I can't really work out like yeah, maybe you do that prank once I agree though It is risky to do that when you're at work But yeah, do it once and maybe it's funny I guess a little bit but then when you're doing it twice three times and every other time ever What are you gaining from that? It's weird again I just don't really get it like a video the other day a weird prank if you can call it that I just don't really understand He's actually extremely lucky that he didn't just get flat out fired there because genuinely if you take this as just face value an employee at a restaurant is literally going against what a customer has ordered on purpose multiple times like yeah i'm sure your brother knew this but what if you were allergic to mustard i I don't know maybe you can be allergic to mustard you said no mustard he whacks loads on there and you die what happens then and yeah you could argue that's a bit of an extreme hypothesis but stranger things have happened in life let me tell you that and now moving on to our final story of today's episode you got hired so you have to put a good word in and make sure i get hired too this happened in 2016 My older sister and I were both unemployed So we both went to this youth center that helps youth or homeless find employment I just turned 19 and never had a job She was 22 and worked a few jobs but could never keep a stable one Always late, calling out too much, no show, etc We sign up at the center I get a call back a couple of days later for orientation And my sister never got a call back I'm not sure if it was from her previous employment, her age, I don't know After orientation, they gave me a paid training for one week Once that was done, it was time to call one of the establishments listed on the available places I start my first day, then finish my first week and my last week 
I had to complete a total of 100 hours and got paid through the city $10 per hour at the time. Well, apparently the place I worked really loved me the staff managers even corporate who worked in the back office They offered me a position halfway through my second week working through the city and I happily accepted I'm about a month into working at this place on their payroll still new barely running a register My sister still hasn't found a job yet So she texts me while i'm at work to put a good word in for me Tell your boss to hire me. I'll be right there to fill out an app I tell her I wasn't going to given her track record with the job she's had That's when she says you got hired after we both signed up for the same thing You're supposed to help me out now at the time my parents gave us both an ultimatum to find jobs Otherwise we get the boots. I found one my sister didn't but she was never kicked out I quit schooling because I thought I was going to get kicked out to find a job So I wasn't gonna risk fricking up my chance at this place by putting a good word in for someone who will half show up After those series of texts, I got so upset at the audacity and entitlement She really thought it was my responsibility for her employment Delusional it still gets me mad thinking about it Okay, so fast forward to christmas that same year and my sister again sends me text after text saying You have to get us gifts this year. You have to go all out. That's what you do when you have your first job Like what? I didn't respond and that christmas I got her a 50 dollars visa card and a bottle of lotion Yeah, no, you weren't hired because you're not good enough for the job Your sister putting in a good word for you whatever isn't going to help at all Like if you're entitled and lazy, you're not going to get the job anyway Doesn't matter who you know nepotism can only take you so far if you're just bad at the job Then it really doesn't matter. Sorry, you know, it's actually quite sad op and it's not entirely relevant to the story or commentary now But the fact that you had to quit school to find a job so you could stay in your house That's a bit messed up Especially given the fact that your sister didn't quit school It sounds like and didn't get a job and then just stayed in the house anyway and then just tried to use you to get a job down the line like what is that why are your parents not prioritizing your education that is very very strange um yeah i'm not gonna lie your family are odd miss know-it-all received a lesson in humility this happened 25 years ago all names have been changed because i don't remember them my part proved to be minor but it's still important my sister-in-law called me because she knew i possess math skills Her son's fourth grade teacher had a bonus question on a test and her son who normally gets 100% on all tests Failed this question when she'd asked the teacher about it. Miss know-it-all sniped You wouldn't understand because you're not a teacher My sister-in-law described her to be fresh out of college teaching her first year So she asked me about the question. There are four red balls three blue balls and two white balls in a bag You pull one out, what color is it? Well, this question is a classic probability scenario that involves a lot of logic and math. For instance, there's a four out of nine chance it will be red, three out of nine blue, and two out of nine whites. Well, the teacher said it's red because it has the highest percentage. Well, actually, no, the highest percentage is it not being white at seven out of nine. I could hear her scratching her head metaphorically as she absorbed this new revelation. So you can't say it's any color? Correct. You can only give the probability of it being any color. I mean, yeah, that is absolutely right. You can't say, yes, the ball that I pull out is going to be red. Just because it has the highest chance of it being red doesn't mean it is going to be red. Yes, the probability of getting a red ball is higher than the probability of getting any other color ball. But to say that it will be red, that's just incorrect. 
So anyway, armed with this knowledge, she talked with Miss Know-It-All a second time. She reported that the superior teacher told her in her smug way, I am the teacher and you don't know what you're talking about. Not satisfied, my sister-in-law and a few other parents took it to the principal. There was a meeting scheduled between the parents and the teacher. Again, Miss Know-It-All explained why she was correct because she was the teacher. One father pointed out his engineering background and the math required for his degree. He told the group the same as I explained earlier. I'm a teacher and you don't know anything about teaching, proclaimed the indignant Miss Know-It-All. With this, another father spoke up. My name is Professor Maxwell of the local state university. I'm head of the mathematics department of the school. I've got 20 years of teaching experience. There is never a reason to teach bad math at any level. Please note, I recognized his name when my sister-in-law mentioned it because I had several classes with him. He was a very cool teacher and passionate about math. Miss Know-It-All slunk back into her chair and her face went pale when the principal determined that it was bad math and gave credit to all the fourth graders. He instructed Miss Know-It-All to stick to the textbook in the future regarding maths questions. The principal explained this to her in front of the parents. Wow. There was a certain glee in my sister-in-law's voice when telling me about the final meeting. Yeah, I mean, you're just wrong, teacher. You're just wrong. Plain and simple. I don't really understand how you come to that conclusion. It's not even tough maths. You just cannot say that it's gonna 100% be a certain ball color when you don't know that. It's probability, yeah, sure. But you have to give the answer as a probability and not as an absolute because how could you possibly know? It's ridiculous, clearly. It's not even that hard math. It's very, very simple. It's fourth grade. Ridiculous. To be honest, I'm actually very worried. The fact that she's getting that so clearly wrong and still maintains that she was right the whole time and that other people wouldn't understand because they're not teachers get her fired immediately because that is just awful how is she even a teacher in the first place that's just basic basic maths that all of you will know very very strange get her out of there now moving on to our next post sorry kids your mummy is a liar on the maternal side of my family I have a cousin who is an entitled parent. Now, admittedly, I don't see her very often because her parents got divorced when she was a kid and her mum always got her for the holidays. So she didn't really feel connected to our family, which is fine and valid, but she lied to us a lot when she was an adult that she would come and never did. And it kind of killed everyone inside a bit, especially my grandmother. But every time I do see her now, it's a bit of a nightmare. The last time I saw her was in 2019 at our grandfather's memorial where she showed up three hours late in casual clothes. It was a semi-formal event that were covered in stains and dog fur. And the first thing she did was approach our newly widowed grandmother and ask her for money. So yeah, she's not a great person, but since her mum is raising her kids, they're actually super sweet. Anyway, during 2021, my paternal grandfather passed due to COVID complications. And when he first got sick, he and my grandmother decided to give myself, siblings, and cousins our inheritance because they didn't want it to get lost between fighting if it were to be sorted out after they passed. My aunt, my dad's sister, is also an entitled parent, but this ain't about her for once. So we were each given 50,000 Canadian dollars. My brothers and I immediately put the money into tax-free savings accounts and savings accounts because there's only so much money that you're legally allowed to put into tax-free ones. Very sensible. Now, one thing about the money, we told no one. Only our immediate paternal family knew and we weren't going to tell anyone else because people get weird about money. My maternal side of the family has been fixing up our old family cottage and one of my brothers is in the trades and doing well for himself. 
So he decided to buy a used boat off Kijiji with the inheritance money from his savings and then quickly replaced it. Our maternal side was told about that and shown the boat and we just told them he got the money from the trades. Well, my paternal grandmother let it slip about the inheritance to my maternal grandmother who accidentally mentioned it to one of my poorer uncles. He makes poor financial decisions and he told the rest of the family. He pouted a bit, but overall, no one asked us for money and understood why we didn't tell them. Since we're not getting together for Christmas this year, we were having a video call to chat and wish happy holidays before we all got busy. And my maternal cousin was there, much to everyone's surprise. Not even five minutes into the video call, this conversation happens. My maternal cousin says, all right, boys, what do you say to your auntie op thank Thank you for for taking taking us us to to disney Disney. now i'm shocked by this i'm not even planning on going anywhere near the us with a 10-foot pole um what are you talking about i reply well you're paying for us to go to disney no i'm not where did you hear that one of the kids then said Mummy said that you'd send us to Disney because grandma gave you lots of money. Now, guys, remember that these kids are sweet. It's just their mum that's entitled. My maternal cousin, who had a very smug look on her face and clearly knew what she was doing and that no one, least of all I, had said anything of the sort, said, Yep, and we're so grateful because grandma didn't give us any money. So thank you. I'm 100% done with this idiot and all the pain she's caused my family at this point. Sorry, kids. Your mummy is a liar. I'm not sending anyone to Disney. She lied to you. And the money I got was from my other grandma because my grandpa got sick and died. It's not from this side of the family. I'm sorry that your mummy lied to you. She shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. And she owes you an apology. Everyone on the call was just frozen. And then it erupted. Her kids started yelling at her. Why would you lie? And that was so mean. And my personal favorite, are you lying about other stuff? Probably, kiddos. Probably. She looked so angry and betrayed on camera, and my relatives started chiming in, but there were too many voices. So I said bye and left the call. My mum called me. I live in a different province for uni, and said that what I did was uncalled for. But I pointed out that because of her, there was no way for me to leave that conversation without looking like the bad guy, because I was absolutely not using my money to give her a free vacation and that my cousin had lied too much to our family and directly caused us all a lot of pain and it was probably for the best that her kids caught on quick. My mum just said that what I did was uncalled for and hung up. But then I started getting texts from other relatives in the call and everyone except for the broke uncle who's always complaining about his poor financial decisions was on my side because she'd hurt them too. My grandma called to thank me because the only reason my maternal cousin comes around anymore is for money. And it's very hurtful. My maternal cousin was texting expletives at me until I blocked her. Then I start getting messages from her mother because her kids were getting so unruly from the betrayal that she just ditched the kids with her mum until her mum could get them calmed down. Like, how entitled do you have to be? She demands a free trip and then ditches her kids the moment she has to parent. Now, guys, that is the end of the post, but thankfully, OP has given us a little update. So, on to the update. It isn't major because it hasn't even been 12 hours since the call but the broke uncle i mentioned before who's broke just because of his own poor decision making he called me privately to try and guilt me into paying for a disney trip for him and his family that'll be him the crazy and entitled conspiracy theorist 
His wife, who although lovely, comes from a very wealthy family from a different country and goes on six to 12 vacations or cruises a year. His two sons, who are a thousand times more entitled than he is and are hellspawns, and his stepdaughter, who only just got back on the wagon and is only two months sober. I immediately said no. That is my money. I'm using it for what my grandfather intended me to, university and or traveling. I also pointed out that my uncle works in tech and makes at least 300,000 a year. His current contract is 380k if I remember correctly. He and his wife just went to Dubai and that I'm a full-time uni student only doing odd jobs and relying on savings from previous jobs. He, by all logic, should be in a much better financial position than me. And if he isn't, that's really not my fault. He pouted, but I told him that if he ever brought it up again, I'd tell the rest of the family he asked. Everyone's mad at him because he never seems to have money but has the highest paying job. And he's an anti-vaxxer and an anti-masker and is the entire reason my maternal family isn't getting together this year. So they'd absolutely chew him out if they found out that he asked me that. And finally, my maternal cousin did pick up her kids from her mum's house, but her mum found out the reason the kids were so upset, ripped her a new one, and made her call me to apologize. Overall, it's been a pretty successful day. I'll tell you what, guys, as far as families go, this one has got to be right up there. I cannot even think of a single word to describe them other than eclectic. Let's just go with that. That seems pretty safe. So many different characters. Like, you could make a TV show. Netflix, get on this. That's all I'm going to say. The drama is unbelievable. Some would argue better than The Crown, because that is a part of dog shit. Again, just imagine how hectic that call was. That pause when, when OP, you'd finish what you were saying. And everyone was just in shock, like, oh my god, have you really just said that? Has that really just happened? Yes. Everyone is kind of like understanding what's just happened and going through it in their own mind. And then a split second later, just an utter catastrophe. Everyone's shouting, kids going crazy, cousins going mental. Brilliant. Again, it had to be there. You know, it actually reminds me of that, um, the parish council meeting. You guys may have seen that. Might insert a clip here. Jackie Weaver. If you've seen it, you know what I'm on about. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. I reckon that it's quite similar what happened in this story to what happened on that Zoom call. Just brilliant. Like everyone says that Zoom's bad and people don't like doing FaceTime calling and stuff like that. It's better in real life. Sometimes it makes drama like this. It's all worth it. Entitled woman wants me to sell her a donut. I work nights doing dessert prep at a fancy schmancy deli. Occasionally, we throw fried donuts with crazy toppings on the menu. I like to make test rounds of new flavors for the crew before we launch them. I usually work towards the front of an open concept kitchen and I'm fully visible from the streets. There's a strip of bars and clubs directly across. A few weeks ago, I had just finished some donuts and was arranging them for some Instagram photos. I heard a knock on the window and looked up, assuming I'd see one of my friends who works mortal hours headed home from the bar. Wrong. It was a woman I'd never seen before. Assuming it was one of my co-workers friends, I gave her a polite wave and went back to my iPhone photography She hit the window again more like a bang than a knock last summer I'd been at work overnight when someone broke all of our front windows So this made me jump the woman was gesturing for me to come over to the door We still have a takeout window from COVID, so I unlocked it and slid it up about an inch I'm not a nice person and I just wanted to finish my work. Can I help you? I said. At this moment, I realized she was very drunk. I'd like a donut. Sorry, mom, we're closed. I just came over here to see if I could get you to leave so I can finish my job and leave myself. But they're right there. At this point, I proceed to shut the window, 
carry my tray of donuts further into the kitchen and proceed with photos the woman knocks a few times and then leaves after letting out one very high-pitched scream now here is where the story gets really interesting less than an hour later my boss texts me to see if i'm at work the woman had called the police to report that she saw a break-in at the restaurant on her way home from the bar because i refused to sell her a donut now look i'll be completely honest guys up until the end of this story i didn't really mind what the woman was doing yeah screaming is annoying that's unnecessary but the rest of the stuff look i'll be honest i've been there when you're drunk and you've just come out of club and you're desperate for food and you see some and you're not thinking straight and you're intoxicated that can happen and i'm not excusing that behavior i'm not saying it's a good thing or reasonable at all i'm just saying i've been there i'll be honest and um yeah look it's not good for employees like op who are working hard and working late and you know trying to do their own thing it's obviously the extremely annoying and i feel bad i'm just saying i can kind of understand it like maybe you've been there as well when you're drunk you do crazy things i think op handled it very well it didn't seem like it was that much of a nuisance and you know she just sort of sent this drunk lady on her way the thing that i cannot understand though and something that i have never thought about doing or even come close to doing before is calling the police when drunk to report this that is inexcusable for the vast majority of the story i could pretty much understand everything this entire woman was doing until that last paragraph that is insane and i really hope she gets written up and charged for wasting police time that's ridiculous now for our next post you want to go through my phone just because i'm going through yours greetings redditors i've just twice survived a journey through the best place to witness aberrant human behavior no it wasn't walmart at 2am It was the airport. The act of going through security and getting on an airplane has a tendency to give me some anxiety. And by some, I mean borderline gibbering madness levels of anxiety. Knowing this, I went to my local adult use dispensary and asked for the good stuff. I think I specifically told the girl, flying makes me anxious and I'd like to be so high I can look down and see the plane at cruising altitude. She gave me a hilariously expensive bottle of THC CBD pills and recommended I take one, wait a half hour, and if I still feel twitchy, take another. Now, naturally, I disregarded her correct advice and ate three while I had my shoes off in the TSA line. I figured that that would be the sweet spot to avoid the high around police paranoia and it would hit me before the plane's safety briefing started. And I wasn't wrong. I recall sitting down in my more expensive and roomy than usual seat in the aircraft and found myself so stoned I was marveling at my own thumbs. The person sitting next to me was a pretty girl in her late teens or early 20s and she found my mental state kind of funny. We started chatting about this and that and it came up in conversation that I have a dog and she simply refused to believe he was as adorable as I said he was. Naturally, I whipped out my phone and brought up pictures and videos of my fur baby. There was much awe to be had, and then I guess she was done with the guided tour and just decided to pick up my phone and start going through my gallery. I didn't react in time to prevent her from grabbing as I was intoxicated, but I did come up with a funny way to fix it. I grabbed her phone from her tray table and started fiddling with it. Now, she didn't notice right away, so I started adding little frustration noises and grumbling about the stupid thing not unlocking. She looked over and flipped right out. What the F do you think you're doing? She starts grabbing at her phone, my phone forgotten in panic. I looked at her with bloodshot eyes and that trademark vacant stoner grin and said, 
well you started going through my phone i figured i might as well return the favor she was briefly gobsmacked but then resumed flipping her lid about how i would do so much as touch her phone how very dare i and then she hits the call mum button a flight attendant who appeared to be in her early 40s with that southern drool unique to those rare specimens who can have a come to jesus talk with you in the same tone of voice she'd used to ask if you'd like some lemonade showed up and asked the girl how she could help the girl demanded i'd be arrested on landing for being stoned in texas and for invading her privacy the attendant turns to me and asked if what the girl said is true I said, well, mom, she's half right. I will be stoned in Texas, but I only picked her phone up and poked at it some after she grabbed mine without asking and started actually going through it. The attendant looks back at the girl who suddenly didn't want to make eye contact, then sighed and asked if we both have our own phones now. We both confirmed we did. She said that she won't be calling ahead about anyone, but she absolutely will if she hears about this again. We both indicated we understood and received the sternest of looks from the attendant before she left The girl spent the rest of the flight giving me the cold shoulder and muttering about creeps and the nerve of some people I proceeded to pass out like anyone who consumes too much thc and woke up only for snack time Where the nice flight attendant gave me two bags of goldfish and a wink Well, I really rate the flight attendant here. She was, you know, coming across as professional just to sort of appease this entitled woman. But in reality, she was clearly just on your side and she could probably tell that this woman was, uh, yeah, not very pleasant to be sitting next to anyway. Getting you those snacks, very good. I've got to say though, about this woman, if you can't take it, then you can't give it. I'm sorry, like you've taken this bloke's phone without permission. How can you be annoyed when he does the same thing to you? That's not right. That's not fair. Ridiculous, really. Um, A little bit of perspective for you, my darling. Let's carry on. And now moving on to our third and final story of today's episode. How dare you not breathe my air? So, I live in London, where COVID has been a massive issue. Case numbers are through the roof, and nobody wears masks or distances. My family and I are forced to use public transport daily to get to and from school, as we cannot afford any other transports. Also, my mum can't drive a car, and she and my sister cannot physically cycle or walk the six miles to and from the school several times a day. It's hell. To try and stay as safe as possible, we try to use the four seats on the lower deck by the driver, or me and my sibling use the bench by the front door. So there's only ever one seat not in use that we're blocking, which should not be an issue, given the fact that we're in a giant wave, you would think. Today, a woman got on, and from the moment she saw us, she was fuming. Excuse me, she said sarcastically and loudly, pulling down her thin, ill-fitting scarf face covering. When my mum ignored her, she rolled her eyes and tried to engage others in the situation with gestures. Honestly, excuse me, excuse- are you deaf? She went on and on, spitting and huffing, until I quietly said- she is deaf though at which she marched off to sit in another seat that had been empty the whole time imagine a person in a priority seat having non-visible disabilities when on my own i usually use the front seats in front of the stairs on the upper deck as this is the best spot to distance when alone and avoid confrontation several people have shouted tried to yank off my headphones and waved dramatically in my face, attempting to get me to allow them to sit shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee, with their maskless, panting selves. Uh, Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. This woman, on another occasion, took the biscuits. She hauled a giant trolley up the stairs and scoured the upper deck. 
there was a bounty of space downstairs and up before honing in on me I was leaning on the window with my heavy bag next to me move it now she demanded already annoyed that i hadn't automatically made space for her i simply shook my head knowing that if you start talking they get all involved and will never leave she gasped in genuine shock and repeated move your bag now i slid one earphone off and taking a deep breath said i'm so sorry but i'm seated here to distance i just want to be safe and you can't sit here i really am so sorry Now, if there were no other seats, I would have gone and stood by the back doors and not bothered, as you get plenty of air and space there, but I just had a 10-hour school day and I was shattered. I didn't want to stand for the next 40 minutes just for this woman. She could sit by anybody, but there were no more double seats, and I didn't want to be directly next to someone and not be able to spray down the seats. At this point, she was done talking, and instead grabbed the handle of my bag which contained a very delicate vintage CD player, several loose CDs I was working through on the long journey, my already jacked phone, and several large textbooks. I'm going into the fire service, and doing all the walking I do with a heavy bag is really good training on days that I've got no time for a proper workout. And struggling with the weights, she tries to throw it on my lap. In shock, I stood up and shouted, I'll just get off. Delighted, she stood and dramatically tapped her foot and fussed over how long it took me to zip my bag and swing it onto my back, which was six seconds or so. She then looked out of the comfy, disinfected bench as I stood at the bus stop, shaking with anxiety, detolling where she touched my things and frantically checking if my player had been knocked by my textbooks as I had no time to properly pack up smiling what is wrong with london now listen guys london is by far and away my favorite city by a distance i'll be completely honest that i've ever been to on the planet uh i've lived there like my entire life i absolutely love it however even i a massive london advocate would admit that some people that you do meet out and about like this woman are frankly terrible and with everything going on right now the pandemic covid social distancing etc etc a lot of people yeah op is right aren't really respecting the rules as much as they should i don't know why if that's just an ignorance thing or a lack of common sense and just basic understanding but yeah Women like this do exist in London, that is for sure. I've dealt with a couple of them myself. It's not great. And look, I do feel for OP. Clearly, she is being so careful about this whole COVID thing. Correctly, obviously. And when there are people like this that are just making life extremely difficult and being so rude, yeah, it's tough. Like, I would say to OP, oh, do this, 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 and that will sort it in future. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do in this situation. You just have to kind of take it on the chin and accept that this happens. It's horrible. But what are you going to do? Like, apart from just having a big argument, with her spraying germs at one another because she's not even wearing a mask or whatever you, you want to minimize contact as much as you can you don't really have a solution other than just leaving it's tough but during the pandemic like this i don't really know what more you can do sorry my parents checked my bank accounts because i didn't answer in three hours okay backstory i moved across the country for school and i'm 19 years old i grew up in a super religious controlling and abusive home Because of this, I felt that every time I made a big decision, I'd be ridiculed for not including my parents in the discussion. There's also a lot of mistrust and trauma from my parents too. So that only adds to me being slow to tell them about decisions I make on my own. I also have a job, so I've been earning my own money. Now onto the story. I've been in a long-term online relationship with my partner for two years. My parents were not aware of this relationship. And even if they were, I imagine they would have disowned me because my partner is non-binary. 
My parents were the transphobic religious type. Anyway, there was an opportunity to meet my partner in person over a break. I bought myself a ticket to go to where my partner lived, about six hours train ride away. Before this, my partner and I had been facetiming for months and we knew that we both weren't catfish. The plan was set and I traveled and met my partner in person and it was amazing. The entitlement comes in the day after I meet my partner. Side note, I didn't explicitly tell my parents I was going because they never asked. I also didn't want a wave of questions that I knew were going to be far too intrusive. My dad had texted me asking what I was doing at around seven my time. I saw it but decided to ignore it because I was having a good time with my partner. At around 10, I get several texts from my dad telling me to call him now. I was concerned and annoyed, so I went into the bathroom and answered. Hello? Hi, where are you right now? I gave him the name of the college town. I feel like you're lying to me. My heart literally sank to the floor. What makes you say that? Because your bank statements say you're in another city where my partner lived. I was stunned. I knew my dad was very controlling, but I didn't think he'd look at my bank statements for my location. The rest of the conversation continued with my parents basically yelling and crying at me for not telling them about this decision. They also asked for a lot of intruding information about my partner. I'll admit, I lied about some things, but the phone call was littered with guilt tripping and blaming me for destroying our trust. When I hung up after getting beat down verbally, I went to my partner and cried. I ended up cutting my parents off because this was the last straw. Honestly, guys, stories like this, I just feel so sorry for OP. What more can I say other than you're in such a bad situation there? Look, well done for getting out when you could. Like, it's just horrible. The person you love or the person that you want to be with not being accepted by your family. How horrible is that? Hey, I tell you what you definitely should do. Change your passwords to your bank account immediately. You cannot have your dad being able to access that and therefore knowing where you are and what you're spending money on. That is so intrusive and so controlling. Get that changed, please. And now moving on to our second Entitled Parents post. Entitled mum grabs my arm to tell me, drawing on yourself is harmful and satanic. I was talking about tattoos with my husband when my subconscious unlocked this gem of a memory the other day. This happened midway through my high school years. I've always been an artsy girl with the social skills of a cat. Nice one minute, but a total butthole the next. That's when I'm able to be social at all if my anxiety would allow it. One of my favorite forms of art is tattooing, and I used to draw on my arm, legs, and feet with a Sharpie at least once a week. I've always been a nerdy goth girl, so my designs would look gothic with a touch of gamer and anime themes. At one point, I learned about henna tattoos and fell in love with the style. So I'd do a hybrid of henna and gothic, which was the style I had on my hand and arm at the time of this story. This happened at a corner store that was at the entrance of my apartment complex. I would always get a quick snack and some juice from it after getting off the bus with some friends, but this day I left my money at home. So I ran home and headed there by myself. I walked past these ladies. One was sitting in a chair and kids that were outside the store talking. I said, hi, excuse me, as I went around them to go into the store. They even said something along the lines of, oh, how sweet. Young kids aren't polite like that these days, as I went in. I get my stuff and come out to the lady that was sitting and I went to smile and nod when she looks me over and noticeably frowns. One thing I forgot to mention is that I live in an area that's been dubbed the Holy City because of the amounts of churches in the area. And being goth was always looked down on by religious people 
long before I even came into this world. So I thought that her frown was because of my all-black clothing and intended to walk by quickly before she said something. When she freaking grabs my arm, she then went on and said, you shouldn't do this to your body. Drawing satanic symbols and all this garbage is bad for your soul. What was so satanic that this lady thought it was appropriate to grab a minor over a rose with vines that led to my fingers and wrist that switched to a henna design. I tried to pull away saying it's not satanic. I just do this for fun. But she gripped my arm saying, well, you still shouldn't do that because the markers are toxic. I had to stop my kids from drawing on their skin too before the ink got through their skin and into their bloods. It's just as bad as real tattoos, which is a sin. I was getting anxious at this point because unwanted physical contact is a big no for me. But surprisingly, instead of my usual people-pleasing remorseful self, this lady brought out the female dog in me that day. And I pulled away, saying, Listen, I use non-toxic markers, and a freaking rose isn't satanic. You aren't my mum lady. I stormed off as she screamed out, You're gonna go to hell! Which wasn't the first or last time I'd be told that. So I brushed it off. I tell you what, guys, how boring, right? Answer me this. Must your life be for your only form of entertainment to come from picking on minors who have chosen to draw something on their skin? Like, what a boring life you must live. Seriously. Do something more interesting. Do a crossword or something. Go and walk your dog. Don't just pick on random people for the sake of it. Why? I mean, look, come on. I respect this lady's religion. I really do. But, but why is she saying that a tattoo is satanic? The last time I checked, it isn't. Just a bit of ink in your skin. Really? You're going to complain about that? Go away. Entitled co-worker... Too good for gift card. So, as Christmas is approaching, my work, before I started working there, used to buy everyone booze for Christmas. Now, because it's too complicated to get everyone's favourites, they started handing out gift cards for £30 for Asda, a major UK supermarket, so people could buy what they wanted instead. Now, we also get a yearly bonus as well, usually between 5 to 10%, depending on how well we've done within certain aspects of our jobs. So, today they give us our gift cards. Everyone was happy with it, apart from a temp who's been there since November the 1st. He started ranting and raving about how it wasn't enough. Why would I want this? Screw big corpse, etc. So he goes and makes his big statement and goes and pins his gift card to the notice board, storming off, shouting that anyone can have it if they're dumb enough to support these monsters. So me and a guy that I work with took it and went to Asda and lunch and bought £30 worth of food for the food bank that our work donates food to every Christmas. Well, we've just been sat in the break room and this co-worker has just been in to get his gift card back and is now fuming that someone has stolen his gift card off the notice board. Not sure what he was expecting when he said that someone can take it. Yeah, I mean, bit of a weird thing to do in the first place. You're getting a free £30 voucher to buy whatever you want from a supermarket. Just use it. But then once you say, no, I don't want this. Anyone can use it. Screw big corporations. I don't care. You've got to at least stand by that. You can't come running back to it. Like, what was the point in the first place of making that big speech and pinning it to the board and saying, somebody please take it. I'm not using it. If you're going to want to come back and use it eventually. Embarrassing. That's what it is. I'll tell you what, though. The money was definitely spent on a better person than the temp. That's for sure. And now moving on to our final story of today's episode. Rank has its privileges. It was the week before Christmas and I was flying home to New Jersey from a business trip to California. When I got to the departure lounge, I ran into an old friend from high school. He was a first lieutenant in the army 
coming home on leave. He said we should ask the gay agent to switch our seats so we could sit together. I said I can do better than that. I was traveling so much from my job that I had tons of frequent flyer miles. I cashed some in and upgraded both of us to first class. We just settled into our seats when an Air Force major and his wife entered the plane and approached my friend. Lieutenants, are you traveling on orders? No, sir. I'm going home on leave. Is this guy traveling with you? Maybe he thought we were a couple. This was before don't ask don't tell not really sir We're old friends and just happen to be on the same flights. Did you and your friend get upgrades to first class? Yes, sir. We did well you're in our seats My friend produces boarding pass which showed he was in his assigned seats The major explained that regardless of the boarding pass as a senior officer He and his wife were entitled to the first class seats and we would have to move That was when the flight attendant came over and asked what the problem was The major said that he had asked the gate agent for an upgrade and was told that none were available But now he sees that they have graded a lieutenant and this civilian as a superior officer Regardless of branch of service. He had priority and was claiming those seats The flight attendant said gentlemen, please stay in your assigned seats Major, please proceed to your seats in coach. You are blocking other passengers. The major started arguing about rank and military protocol. He claimed he had the right to order the lieutenants out of his seats. It's never been clear to me how this clown thought he could order me to do anything. The flight attendant asked him again to take his seat and he kept arguing. Finally, she said, if you're so concerned with rank, I will get the pilots. He's a colonel in the Air Force Reserve And i'm sure he'll be happy to order you to exit the plane and discuss this with the gate agents The major stared at her for a moment then realized she wasn't bluffing before moving to his seat He demanded my friend's name and unit so that he could report him now I don't know if he ever did but my friend never heard another word about it I tell you what guys. I really hope that this isn't a thing I mean surely you don't have to listen to your superiors at all times even when you're not actually working like this guy's on leave has paid i know op has paid but theoretically he has paid for an upgrade or whatever it's got nothing to do with the army or the military it's his own upgrade yet this bloke still thinks that he's in a position to take it off him because he's at a superior rank it can't work like that can it surely like i'll go as far to say that there's no way it can possibly work like that and for that reason alone this bloke deserves to be reported for trying to abuse his power like look if you guys know about this please do comment down below enlighten me i clearly don't know and i'm interested but surely it can't work like that. Come on, that's ridiculous. Fair play to the flight attendant for sticking to her guns. And it's cool that the pilot was a colonel or whatever. But say he wasn't and say it was just a normal pilot. Would this guy have continued to pester and say, no, I'm your superior. Give me the seats. Even though they paid for them or, you know, used the air miles on them. Insane. Entitled parents seem to use my social media as a public ego stroking zone. For some backstory, I have struggled with eating disorders for as long as I can remember. It started when I was 10 and I told my parents I thought I was fat. I wasn't. They actually agreed though and happily put me on the Atkins diet. For eight years, they tracked my food and I had to write everything I ate down in a notebook in the living room that they would peruse at their discretion. Because of that, I suffered from serious malnutrition that led to epilepsy and thyroid problems. It's been extremely traumatic, obviously, and a lot of work for me to get better. 
Of course, now I have binging issues, so my weight is higher than ever. Cut to yesterday. I make a post on Facebook talking about how men should know how to cook because the only men I've been able to tolerate could feed me. Now, this is obviously a joke. I would like to think that's obvious, but hey, just in case. My mother posted immediately, you were fed by a man growing up. Great job, OP's dad, and tagged my father. My father, who pointed to my butt and said it was getting fatter, who told me he could hear me grunting because of my fat body when I was underweight, who laughed at me pulling my pants up over my gut when I sat down, and my mother, who forced me to strip naked in front of her every morning and get on the scale. I was terribly triggered by her comments and ended up deleting the whole post. It was so upsetting. I know I should cut them off. Their abuse is limitless, but it's so hard to. And the worst part is they think they're so freaking great and I'm just their awful daughter who doesn't love them like I should. I'm not sure why I'm posting this other than just to vent. Well, OP, it's clear that you've been suffering with this for a very, very long time now. I mean, pretty much your entire life. Your parents, I mean, it's pretty obvious to say, but they're not nice people. This is abuse. And um, yeah, it's about time that you posted and vented about it online and let people hear about it. Look, I know you even say in your own post that it's going to be so hard to cut them off and you know that you should, but... I think at this point, like what benefit have you actually got from them being in your life other than them just triggering you again and again? It's still going on now, even now that you're an adult and you're still getting triggered by these people. At this point, it's got to stop, surely. Get them gone. To be fair, there's actually a great comment here, which I completely agree with. Block them from your social media accounts to stop their online abuse of you. Then go low contact with only you deciding when to communicate with them. This might help you gain more control over your own life and end their abusive control best of luck now moving on to our next story how my partner's lack of safety standards in a kitchen almost got my hand sliced open by multiple sharp objects over months and almost burned my leg on a 200 degrees oven back in high school i took home economics and you were assigned a partner to work with on your cooking station i was assigned to work with lauren now lauren was an unpleasant person in general She was rude, disrespectful, would always backtalk, dismissive, bratty, and unremorseful. In other words, a laundry list of reasons that made her unlikable. Now, I didn't actually have to deal with her often, but when I did, oh boy, did she make it a roller coaster ride of pain. She'd clearly taken the class, thinking that it would be easy and that she could coast through, getting a qualification at the end. Turns out, you actually had to work novel idea i know and there was more to it than just wasting school produce on mediocre recipes you had a real exam to pass that would dictate your ability to go and get a more advanced home ec qualification now she wasn't interested fine don't be but the amount of times she purposefully sabotaged my dish or my prep are too many to count i never return this favor no matter how tempted i was because i'm not a complete idiot despite that the main thing that i didn't like about her in this particular class aside from her degrading attitude was that she had no sense of kitchen safety even after it was explicitly explained to her by not only our teachers but also myself that you couldn't do a few things that i considered to be common sense such as leaving things like knives and can lids in the sink without telling me these were sharp and could cause some serious damage to whoever washed the dishes i.e me two you don't open the near the floor hot oven door without telling the person at your feet this could seriously burn someone three you don't just leave that hot oven door open for someone to walk into and four 
follow rules number one to three. She managed to break rules one to three within 15 minutes of them being set. And this went on for months. There was a good number of instances I could have been seriously sliced or burned because she still left sharp utensils in the sink and just couldn't be bothered to pay attention to anyone but herself. I once reached into the soapy water thinking I'd grab a fork only to realize that when I pulled it out, it was a kitchen knife blade side to my palm. If I hadn't been cautious because I knew she did this, it could have ended up in a hospital visit. These were not blunt knives. Another time, I nicked the tip of my finger through the same process. That's not counting every minor injury from graters and vegetable peelers, which I also couldn't see under the water. Not including bumping into me with one, a pan of boiling water, which splashed on me, and two, a piping hot metal tray, which partially burned my arm and blistered and left a perfectly straight scar that is still very visible on me today. Oh, and when I brought these injuries up, she told me to F off. The final incident that pushed me over the edge was that she opened the oven door without telling me directly onto my legs. If I'd been even a step to my right at that time, a 200 degree steel oven door would have gone into my knee high sock and my flesh fusing them together at this point i was so concerned about my safety i told my teacher that i'd like to move stations and thankfully because she liked me as a student she said it was fine i was shifted and never had to deal with lauren again but what the hell how entitled and self-involved do you have to be to almost cause an a and e visit and have no regret whatsoever this just came back to my mind recently and it seemed to belong here uh, yeah, it definitely belongs here. Jesus, that's ridiculous. Surely somebody like this should just not be allowed to do home economics because look, there's a limit to this, right? People can be bad at cooking and I get that. But at, at some point, you have to think about people's safety. I don't know. I've never done home economics before. You guys that have done it in school or whatever, please let me know. Is there like a certain safety procedure that you have to go through at the very beginning of the entire class? And surely at that point, some people like this person yeah it's probably very rare but the the teachers must see that there are people that exist like this person that just have no common sense no appreciation for safety in general and they're actually going to be endangering their class and therefore they're not allowed to be on the course does that not happen like yeah it's bad that all this stuff happened in the first place but surely this person just shouldn't have even been allowed on the course it's mental opening a hot oven onto someone's leg and not caring like that's that's a problem that's a bit of a red flag for me i'll be honest yeah like this comment says right here where was the teacher during all of this if safety lessons are presented then safety should be enforced i completely agree yeah and this is actually a great point woodshop was also a dangerous environment and i've seen students ejected when warnings fail to alter behavior exactly the same i didn't do home economics but i did do dt people were chucked out of that lesson all the time for the smallest things they weren't even that dangerous but you know safety was the number one priority as it should be in this surely i'm saying surely a lot but come on surely and now moving on to our third entitled people story Entitled mum thinks the ER is a hotel. So, little disclaimer to start, guys. This story took place before COVID, but in the middle of flu season. When I did one of my mandatory internships at the hospital, I used to help out at the ER after hours from time to time because they were understaffed and were happy to have another helping hand. It was flu season and the hospital was packed. It was a particularly busy day because there had been two major and several minor car accidents, icy roads. Ambulances were waiting in line for 45 minutes plus. We didn't have any chairs left in the waiting room. 
chairs from the staff's rooms included all stretchers and beds were occupied and some had to be placed in the corridor Everybody was running trying to keep up with the workload cue our entitled parents This very hysterical mum brought her daughter to the er because she had a bellyache Of course, I couldn't tell for sure, but it seemed like the daughter was a bit overdramatic. The whole thing seemed a tad theatrical, but fair enough. They were placed into one of the cabins. The daughter was thoroughly examined, vitals were checked, an ultrasound done, blood was drawn. Mother Bear was pacing up and down the cabin in hysterics. The good news came in. The daughter had an upset stomach at worst. She was recommended a heating pad and some tea. We expected the duo to be relieved, but they seemed a tad disappointed. But okay, whatever. The attending nurse and I looked at them, expecting them to leave the desperately needed cabin and the obviously overflowing ER. When it became increasingly obvious that both were not planning to do so anytime soon, the nurse politely asked them to. The mother glared at us in shock. Um, excuse me? My daughter needs to rest. Let her sleep here. She should be observed by professionals. She's fragile, you know. I could tell that it took the nurse a lot not to start screaming or crying or both. She calmly explained that we needed the cabin because we had to care for a lot of very sick patients that were still waiting, some visibly in pain. But my daughter is sick. All these procedures were very exhausting for her. She needs rest. She needs this bed. Let her sleep for God's sake. The mother started a monologue about why her oh-so-sick daughter deserved the bed and needed to stay. We then decided to get the head nurse and a doctor. They most definitely had better things to do than listen to a mama bear's complaints who threw them out politely but with emphasis. Cue a lot of tired head shaking among staff members. And there we go, guys. I think I've saved the worst story for last. There are literally people in ambulances, possibly dying, who knows, but they've been involved in major accidents, or at the very least, they're going to be more sick than this girl, desperately waiting to get into one of these cabins and get seen to by a doctor. Yet, no, your daughter needs to rest after a tummy ache. I mean, seriously, are you you not able to rest at home? What is so bad about your house that you cannot rest in it? That's a good question. I don't really know what more to say other than, like, how selfish can you be? Your child has been checked. I'm not going to lie very extensively given that there is such a demand for for nurse and doctors the fact that your child has been seen to to such an extent is is very impressive some would argue that it was unnecessary in the first place for just the belly ache but hey who knows maybe it could have been bad but still ultrasounds vitals blood was drawn like that's everything you need to know that your daughter is absolutely fine at that point you should be relieved like what are you going in there for do you want your daughter to be sick that's the real question go home rest your daughter's fine let someone who needs to see a doctor or a nurse desperately see a doctor or nurse it's unreal it really is it's ridiculous entitled cousin wanted me to do her master's thesis in two days i an 18 year old woman am a freshman in college my cousin who is 30 is taking up her master's degree she had to pass a thesis paper the thing about my cousin is that since she was the golden child she could get away with anything She just throws money at someone to have her way. She, someone taking up a master's degree, wanted me, a freshman, to write her thesis. We all know that this is unethical and it would get her barred from graduating if her professors knew about it. But since I was curious, I asked her what she needed help with and when the deadline would be. She told me she wanted me to write her thesis. I said I could help her, but not to the point of doing the whole thesis. 
She told me it was already due in three days, but she can pay me well I asked her how much and she offered me $20 $20 for a whole thesis that's due in three days For context, academic writing services in our country is around $2,000. That's just the base price. So rush pricing is a lot more. It also takes at least a month to write. This makes the task not only impossible, but she'd also be grossly underpaying me. I declined, obviously. I was just curious to see how much the pay was going to be. Also, I wasn't really well-versed in the field that she's studying in, so I don't know how she thought I was going to help her. She threw a fit and told me that if I wasn't going to do it for her, I needed to find someone that will. I looked for groups that take up academic writing services, but she refused. I think she knew that if she were to ask a professional to write her thesis, she'd have to pay a lot more. She wanted someone that I personally knew so she could just pay them a similar amount. I just ended our conversation by saying that I still had a lot of requirements to pass myself and that I was already spending a lot of time looking for people to do her thesis. I don't know what happened to her thesis though, and I never bothered to ask afterwards. A few things stand out to me about this story which are pretty incredible. First of all, the fact that your 30-year-old cousin, who has gone through the whole master's course herself, thinks that you, an 18-year-old freshman OP, would be better off at doing her thesis than she would. Second of all, the fact that she's come to you with just three days left and therefore expects you to write a whole thesis in just three days for something that you know very little about. I mean, that's mental. And then finally, that she's only giving you $20 for doing it all, writing a complete thesis. Three things that really are astonishing. I'm not going to lie. Like, what is that? You know what I do? A little bit of karma. Write the first page incredibly well. Like, really put some effort into it and make it sound as good as you possibly can. Because, look, let's be realistic. If your cousin is willing to let you write a whole thesis for her, there's no way she's going to reread it. So as long as the first page is good and it kind of fools your cousin into thinking that you've done a good job, that's all right. She's going to hand it in. Her professor, whilst marking it, is going to read the first page, be impressed, get to the second page, which you've written, but your sister hasn't checked, probably, and it's just going to be a complete load of rubbish. Just write about literally anything you want. First page, make sure it's good. Second, third, and the rest of it, just do whatever you want. Make it brilliant about something just absolutely ridiculous that has nothing to do with the course. Why not? That's good karma. Next up. Grandma attempts to ruin our Christmas because I refuse to fulfill never agreed upon requests that were literally impossible to fulfill. This story is about my paternal grandmother. Let's call her Miss Furore. It takes place over the course of about one year in the blessed pre-COVID times. Before we get into it, however, let's give you some background on Miss Furore and my relationship with her. Miss Furore owns two houses next to the school I attended before leaving my hometown to study at university. My dad used to pay me to do some chores around her house, which she wasn't able to do herself due to some disabilities stemming from long-term alcoholism. I've heard stories about her borderline abusive behavior from different family members and know she was divorced five times. While working for her, I quickly realized how difficult she could be, but I always thought my family members were exaggerating. That was until this story happened. So let's get into it. Back in the summer of 2018, I was visiting my parents in my hometown. I'd been living elsewhere for about three years at that point. I decided to visit Miss Fira as I had a pretty good relationship with her back then. 
I was one of the few family members that was actively in contact with her other than for financial reasons And she seemed excited about my visit as we hadn't seen each other in person for about a year When I called her to set up the time and date She asked me whether it was possible for me to borrow my mum's car I don't own one myself to help her pick up some furniture She wanted to add to a room for a live-in housekeeper I cleared everything with my mum as I thought it wouldn't be much trouble The day came and she picked up so much furniture it barely fit into the car But everything seemed fine I carried the furniture into the designated room through three very narrow staircases It was a very old house in germany Afterwards, we had some coffee and cake together before I left I then dropped off my mum's car and headed out to party with some friends from school who I hadn't seen in a while The next day was when everything began at around 9 a.m I was still slightly hungover from the great party the night before and she called me demanding to know where I was Since I apparently agreed to help her assemble the furniture we bought This was never agreed upon She also demanded that I bring the car again as she forgot to pick up some things the day before The car however wasn't even in town since my mum the car's owner needed it that day and had already left I tried to explain to her that the car wasn't available That we hadn't agreed to me helping her out the next day and that I was in no position to drive and build furniture Even if I wanted to I did offer to reschedule to another day that week, but she wouldn't have it She couldn't accept that it was literally impossible for me to fulfill her request and the debate got heated Now, I don't remember the specifics, but she tried to guilt trip me, which is when I snapped and I told her that I wasn't her flying monkey here to serve at her pleasure. She hung up after that and I thought that that would be that. Over the course of the next week, I tried calling her several times since I still wanted to help, but I wasn't able to reach her before I had to go back to my uni town. Fast forward to Christmas 2018. I was back at my parents' place for the holidays, and the last interaction I had with Miss Furore was the phone call I just described. On Christmas Eve, my dad told me that she would be joining us for dinner, as was tradition, and that she wanted me to pick her up. Now, due to my dad's job, it was up in the air whether he would be able to join us that evening. So he added that Miss Furore would only attend if he was also there. In case he wasn't, I was just supposed to pick up the presents from her place. As it turned out, dad had to work that night, so I just went and picked up the bag of presents. I drove to Miss Furore's place, parked in front of it, rung the doorbell and waited for her to open. This could usually take a while since her house is big and she isn't the fastest anymore due to the aforementioned disabilities. After a longer time than usual, I called her landline to inform her that I was there. She picked up and told me she was still in the bathroom and would be right there. It took her about 10 minutes to get to the door. Usually it takes about one, during which I was waiting in the snowy streets at minus five degrees Celsius. That's 23 degrees for you Americans. When she came to the door, she handed me the bag of presents for my parents and brothers. She also asked me to wish everyone a happy Christmas and added that she was hoping I would enjoy my presents. I thanked her, said my goodbyes, and drove back to my parents' place to enjoy Christmas Eve. Evening had come. We've had dinner with my mum, her mother, a lovely woman, and my two younger brothers. We'd already unwrapped most of the presents before dinner, as we usually do. All in all, a very pleasant and typical Christmas Eve for my family. After dinner, we've started drinking homemade mulled wine when I remembered I still had Miss Furore's gifts and handed them out. Me and my brothers each received an envelope with a card in it, but suspiciously, mine differed in size and color. 
I opened it and read its contents. This is where the fun begins. While my brothers each received a complimenting message with 50 euros enclosed in the card, I received a scolding letter saying she was still devastated by my behavior the previous summer and that she was expecting an apology for the disrespectful way I had treated her. Remember, her demands were literally impossible to fulfill. I admit I snapped and said something that could have been taken as disrespectful. But I continued to reach out wanting to help her while I was in town. I didn't really know how to react. I was speechless and threw the card on the table before going to grab another mug of mulled wine. When I got back from the kitchen, the older of my two younger brothers had read the card and loudly exclaimed something akin to, what the actual frick? At that point, everyone had noticed something was wrong and I read the card out loud. I don't remember the exact wording, sorry. I then told them about what happened during summer. Nobody could really believe how insane Miss Fiora was, especially since she'd been quietly planning her revenge for about half a year. The aforementioned brother, who had some extra money due to a paid internship, asked the youngest of us three whether he needed the 50 euros and offered to pay it himself as he wanted to take all three cards and throw them into Miss Fiora's face. My youngest brother refused the monetary offer, but loved the idea, so that's what they did. I don't really know what happened afterwards. All I know is that Miss Furore was not expecting that reaction, as apparently no one in our family had ever stood up to her the way we did. This concludes the Christmas part of the story. We didn't really dwell on the topic for the rest of the holidays and still had an amazing celebration together. Fast forward to the summer of 2019. My parents had planned a big family reunion to celebrate a couple of important dates in their lives coinciding major birthdays plus a significant wedding anniversary. That party was the first time I'd interacted with Miss Furor since the Christmas incident. I acted as if nothing had happened since I didn't want to cause a scene on my parents' special day with most of our extended family being there. This is a rare occasion since the family is spread around the Western world, mostly Western Europe and the US. We were together for about a week in my hometown going to different dinner places every night, and we had a great and memorable time. I even got along with Miss Furore, albeit superficially and only in group settings. We never talked one-on-one. One evening, we were having a dinner at a really nice place, and she came over to the table that me, my brothers, and my cousins were at. They all know what had happened during the previous Christmas and were pretty angry with her. She asked whether I was willing to visit her one-on-one so we could have a talk about what happened. I was happy to, as I don't like to hold on to grudges, but I asked her that we talk at eye level, like adults, with mutual respect, as she had a tendency to twist the truth to suit her needs. I didn't say that part for obvious reasons. She agreed and asked me to call her to set up a time and date after the week-long celebration was over. A day later, I received an email from Miss Furore stating that she no longer had any interest in the conversation as it was apparent from my demands that I hadn't grown and wasn't ready to apologize. She also wrote that she wasn't able to speak to me on eye level as she had much more life experience than me. Again, I didn't really know how to process this. I still don't, but enough time has passed that I've stopped caring about my relationship with her. Up to this day, nothing has really changed about the situation. I've seen her a couple of times at different family gatherings since then, and the interactions were fine, probably because neither of us wants to dig this rubbish back up during otherwise great family times but the issue itself was never really resolved. So yeah, 
That's the story about how I learned that the reported insanity of my grandmother, Miss Furore, was not exaggerated. It might be mild compared to other stories on here, and I'm very happy that I have the rest of my loving and supporting family to rely on, but it's still something that has changed me in a way, so I felt like sharing. Hope you enjoyed reading. Yeah, for me, the tough part is when you have situations like this, where you have one sensible person with common sense, OP, then one person is just absolutely dumb, like your paternal grandmother, and OP tries to use logic and then work out the situation, try and understand what's going on, when in reality, if you look at it completely objectively, all you have is one reasonable person and one just completely dumb person. There's no understanding of that. You can't really like work out what the grandma is saying or what her intentions are, or even the points that she's making, because none of it makes any sense. So ultimately, I kind of feel bad for OP because he's going through this whole process of like oh what have i done wrong why is my grandma reacting like this the real answer is she's just dumb and you're not like it's just as simple as that in my opinion oh my god look at this is a great comment by the way below there's a quote that i love says this commenter and i feel it fits here toxic people make you think you're holding a grudge when you're really holding a boundary that is so apt i feel like that's exactly what's happening here like this person this grandma is making you think that you've done something wrong or that you know you need to change your ways when in reality you need to step away from her because she is just a toxic person there's literally no need for you to even talk to her ever again i don't think she offers you anything positive so yeah what's the point they continue she tried to tell you you're holding a grudge by not apologizing to her but what you're doing is standing your ground and demanding she treat you with respect that you deserve as one adult to another good for you. I mean, there you go. Fantastic quote. And it pretty much sums up this entire story and your entire relationship with your grandma in one sentence. Lovely stuff. Entitled parents and sister are demanding I not take an incredible job overseas if I'm taking my adoptive daughter. My younger sister went through a pretty rough time as a young adult, drinking and doing drugs and generally being wild. She ended up getting pregnant and giving birth at age 18, when I was just a few weeks away from turning 21. Now, she didn't want the child after giving birth. She refused to even pick up the child and would leave her sitting in dirty nappies. Despite never wanting children myself either, I stepped in and adopted my newborn niece as my daughter. My then boyfriend, who I'd been with for three years, gave me an ultimatum, him or her, as he didn't want children either. I picked her and he left me which resulted in me suddenly being a single mother The first few years were rough as a single parent barely making ends meet But I managed and my sister had nothing to do with us I never once hid the truth from my daughter that she was adopted But I always assured her I loved her so much and was her mummy when my daughter was six My sister was finally clean and then wanted to have access to her I allowed it but stressed she would just be an aunt to her and she accepted this though it's clear she struggled with the concept and sometimes acted more like a mother which i always squashed quickly now my daughter is eight and i've been offered a job in a different country the pay is almost double my salary and the company is helping us find a home putting my daughter in an international school and after school care so of course i'm gonna take it but it's resulted in my family having a meltdown about how i can't do this and how it's cruel to take my daughter away from her family and how it's not fair to my sister my sister has told me she won't allow me to move away with her and that she'll fight in court to get my daughter back i've talked to lawyers and it seems she doesn't have a leg to stand on as my daughter is legally my daughter but the rest of my family is telling me i'm being extremely cruel and that if i cared about my sister I turned this job down. I left home at 16 and finished my education. 
My sister, meanwhile, is the golden child who gets away with everything. She even now lives with our parents and doesn't work. My daughter, while sad to be leaving her school and friends, is excited for the move. I've been teaching her about the country every night before bed, and we've gone to some authentic restaurants to try food from there. I've also promised her that we'll fly back at least once a year to visit, and she can FaceTime and call her friends, of course. I feel like my family are angling for me to eventually just hand my daughter back over, as if I was just a temporary filler for my sister, which will obviously never happen and my lawyers are involved in this matter So there we go guys pretty interesting story to start off today's episode, but unfortunately it doesn't end there There is actually an update that was just posted yesterday by op So I got a call from the school today that a woman not on the list had come round and tried to pick up my daughter Claiming that she was the mother She claimed there was a family emergency and she needed to take my daughter home early Now only myself and my best friend are marked down as able to pick up my daughter And when they wanted to see her id She got cagey and claimed she forgot it And when they told her she couldn't pick her up without an id She shouted at them before storming off I've spent all day on the phone to my lawyers and my boss My schedule is being moved ahead I'd wanted to give my daughter a final christmas in our current home But it's clear that's not a safe idea anymore Our move has been brought forward and my company is putting us up in a hotel until they help us find a home I mean look guys clearly a very tough situation all around um lafia's sister I do feel bad for her honestly obviously like this is not how it works You can't give up your kid legally and then just go and get them back when you feel like it six years later It obviously isn't gonna happen, but I still do feel bad for her Like yeah, maybe she didn't want her at the start and she was a bad mother and wasn't in the right place to look after her child That happens. She was very young. It's understandable. You know, she probably didn't even want the child in the first place Well, she admitted she didn't it is a tough one though Like in the first part of the story anyway, I can kind of understand where she's coming from Like she wants to be with her kid and now she feels a little bit more mature to deal with that maybe i don't know however that's clearly not thinking about uop at all and i don't really understand why your family are siding with her like that just makes no sense to me you've been the one that's taking care of your child now for six years on your own does that not deserve a little bit of credit i mean come on (laughs) that's ridiculous now the update is where the story really got crazy and just way too far like what is she trying to do there i mean that's bordering on just i can't say it for youtube reasons but taking a child's you know what i mean that's insane like sure be angry that your kid is not your kid anymore but come on don't do that please that's ridiculous now guys if you thought this video was going to get less crazy when we got to our second story well let me tell you you were absolutely wrong look at the title Karen demands that we let her through a fatal crime scene. Here we go. Okay, so I'll start by saying that this story is from about five years ago. And my therapist mentioned it in passing as it was something that I'd spoken with her about 10 years ago regarding my PTSD. I figured it's finally time to post this gem of a woman's story. It's around 11 p.m. on a Saturday night and I'm sitting at home just getting ready to go to bed. I'm an on-call tow truck operator. And figure i'll be going out early the next morning right as my head hit the pillow my next tell style two-way radio chirped and a dispatcher goes hey op are you still awake yeah i'm up good we've got a one car accident in the next town over the pd wants it expediated so please hurry but be safe 10-4 i'm out the door after a roughly 20 minute drive i'm headed out of this small town looking for the accident and i see it 
the coroner and forensics vans parked in the road amongst a dozen squad cars. A typical one-car accident just has one officer sitting with it for paperwork reasons with the tow operator. Obviously, at this point, I know that things just got a lot darker than I'd originally been told. Sparing the gory details, what had happened was six kids between 17 and 20 had been in an SUV while driving drunk and only the driver had a seatbelt on. The vehicle swerved off the road and the driver went to correct. However, one, he overcorrected, and two, the road on that side had about an eight-inch lip, which made it extremely rough of a transition to pull a vehicle back onto the road. As it came back on the road, the driver fishtailed, trying to correct back in the other direction, and again overcorrecting. This sent the vehicle rolling down the road in and out of the four-foot drainage ditch next to it. All five passengers were ejected and died on the scene, One of the passengers was trapped under the SUV that came to a rest in the drainage ditch on its roof. The other passengers were strewn across the road with sheets over them. I set up my Peterbilt rollback at a 70-degree angle across this two-lane road and start to work with forensics and the coroner to remove the vehicle from the ditch, as well as preserve as much evidence as possible. No sooner than I get this winch tight on my truck, Then I hear frantic beeping of a car horn. I turn around and directly behind me is a woman who looks to be in her early 40s, who is now just holding the horn down, letting it blare nonstop as she's yelling out of her window. I ignore her and turn around to go back to this delicate job I'm in the middle of. Wondering how Karen had gotten past the police roadblock that was roughly a third mile up the road at the nearest intersection to obviously keep traffic out the area. As I'm slowly maneuvering this 8,000 pound vehicle from the roof onto its side, the honking stops. Maybe eight seconds later, I then feel a hand grab my shoulder and attempt to spin me around. Now, I'm six foot three and 280 pounds, so there's absolutely no way that this 40 something five foot four-ish, 160-pound woman is achieving this goal. I let out a sigh as I stopped winching on the vehicle and looked at the sky with my eyes, asking every god I can think of for the strength to not headbutt this female dog. I turn around and attempt to say, Mom, the road is closed due to a fatal act. I don't care what you have to say. Just get out of my way. I'm late. I'm extremely annoyed now, and I talk over Karen's continued complaints. Listen, you dog. Five people just freaking died here and there's absolutely no way anyone is driving down this road for hours I suggest turning around and driving back through the police roadblock you somehow got around now Karen then opened with that line that we've all heard a thousand times Excuse me. I live right there She points back behind her vehicle and I have to use this road to get to where i'm going You will move your truck now or i'm calling the police By this time, the forensics crew has heard all the yelling even over the loudness of my truck idled up and the PTO engaged and have walked over. Forensics crew do not dress like police, especially in the middle of the night on weekends. They're dressed in plain clothes but carry a badge on them and they're put on a hazmat style suit if needed. Now, none were needed on this scene, just gloves and such. Which one of you is the manager? said the Karen. This man won't move his goddamn truck and let me through. I'm calling the police. Now, at this point, she's actually holding the phone to the side of her head and talking to what we'd find later was 911. A forensic officer began. Mom, I am the police 
and I don't know. I don't want to hear any more goddamn excuses. Move the freaking truck now. She actually clapped between each word. At this point, I was done. You dumb idiot. Do your two remaining brain cells constantly compete for third place? The forensics officer actually was stifling a chuckle. Mom, if you don't get in your car and leave this crime scene now, you will be arrested. Just as the officer finished saying this, a squad car came screaming down the road from the same direction Karen came from and stopped behind her vehicle. The officer hopped out of his car and the very first words he said were, Karen's Miranda rights. Karen screamed, kicked, swore that everyone else should be arrested and even tried to spit on me which caused her to catch a tampering with evidence charge as we're on an active crime scene. By the time it was all done, her other charges were obstruction, assault on an officer, misuse of 911, interfering with an investigation. She took a deal that netted her 18 weekends in the county jail. However, I did tow her car as well. Monday morning, I met her husband, and he couldn't have been more embarrassed as he apologized over and over as he paid me and then inspected the vehicle and signed off that we didn't damage it. The impound cost roughly $600 as it was police initiated after hours and storage. Charges were $150 for the impound, $50 for after hours, $52 a day storage, and $5 a mile each direction from our office. Our office was roughly 15 to 17 miles from there. Uh, yeah, guys, so if you thought trying to steal a kid was bad, how about that? I mean, comment below, which one's worse? Uh, <laughs> seriously, they're both not great, obviously, but, you know, which one's worse? Stealing a kid or demanding that everybody present at a fatal accident where multiple people have died leave and get out your way because you're late for work. I mean, to be honest, I actually think the second one is considerably worse because, you know, that involves death. But still, wonderful stories there is all I can say. It's just, it's, honestly, what do I even say anymore? It's unbelievable, it really is. Karen rips off my headscarf wants me arrested for assaults and attempts to pepper spray a cop. So this was back in college at the local Walmart that is known for always being interesting. I have so many stories from this place. I swear this Walmart is like a Karen beacon. Some relevant info. I'm pale and at the time I walked with a cane. I've got a condition where my heart rate can get too high and my blood pressure can drop and I can pass out from standing too long usually, but anxiety can bring on episodes too. I wear a headscarf on holidays and special occasions. Now, there are many types and styles of headscarves and on this day, I was wearing it in a style where it completely covered my head and then draped around my neck, secured with pins. Since it's a holiday, I'm also wearing traditional clothing a long skirt, a white shirt with some embroidery on it, and a fabric belt. This also happened right after the 2016 election, and my college town went from one Nazi group to three, literally overnight. They would come onto campus a lot to harass us. The racists were very emboldened at that time. This was maybe a few weeks after, where stuff had calmed down a bit, but was still pretty bad. I made the mistake of going to Walmart alone in traditional clothing. So I'm going around the Walmart, picking up a few things. My backpack is in the front of the cart, so I don't have extra weight on me. I'm standing at one of those islands, trying to find something, and I had to look up where it was on my phone. Then, out of nowhere, my headscarf is ripped off of my head as someone behind me yells, Terrorist female dog! Luckily, the scarf only had the end around my neck. So it pulled on my neck, but didn't full on choke me still this definitely activated my fight or flight response The woman karen then starts screaming as I turn around 
Apparently, one of the pins used to secure my scarf had stuck her when she ripped it off. She is screaming that I'm a terrorist, that I assaulted her, she wants the manager and the police called, etc. This couple had been down the aisle and saw it happen and ran over. The woman kind of threw her sweatshirt on my head and got between me and Karen. I was panicking at first, but I realized that she was trying to help cover my head. And the man with her had also gotten between us and started yelling at the Karen. The man grabbed my scarf back and handed it to his partner, who handed it to me. And she took her sweatshirt and held it up around my head to sort of block people's view of my head while I tried to get my scarf back on. The Karen is still screaming that she wants the police to arrest me for being a terrorist, for assaulting her, and how dare she? She is digging through her purse to find pepper spray because she wants to spray me and the man. I honestly didn't even wrap my scarf properly. I just wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. A nearby employee had come out of an aisle to see what was happening and ran off to get the manager, I'm assuming. The nice man is yelling back at the Karen and had confiscated the pepper spray from her. Karen is screaming that I'm a traitor to your own race, along with her earlier insults, and is demanding that the man pin me to the floor so she can pepper spray me and do a citizen's arrest. Keep me there until the police and FBI arrived, since she's adamant that I'm a terrorist. So at this point, I'm shaking and crying. My heart rate is extremely high, and I know I need to leave or I'm going to pass out. The woman asked if I wanted to leave. I nodded. She grabbed my backpack and the arm that I'm not holding the cane in, and she quickly walks me down the aisle and out of the store. We just left the car where it was. She asked where my car was and I tried explaining that I'm a college student and have to wait for the bus But i'm coughing and trying to breathe as my heart rate is well over 180 at this point The woman sees this and explains that she is a nurse and i'm clearly not okay And asks for my medical condition and what I need I explained what it is and that I need to sit and lie down because i'm gonna pass out She offered me to sit in their van, which usually would obviously be a no, but we're standing in the middle of a parking lot and I'm about to pass out. Currently, my brain is not getting very much oxygen. She opens the side door, I sit on the edge of the car, and promptly faints. I wake up a few minutes later, and she's holding my wrist in one hand, checking my pulse, and looking at her watch. I mumble something so she knows I'm awake, and she just keeps telling me, it's okay, I'm doing fine. Now, after I recover a bit, I sit up and realize her partner is standing outside the car. I think trying to give me privacy. I ask for the Gatorade from my backpack and sip on that. It helps with the fainting. While he explains what was going down. He says that the manager showed up with store security and he explained, over Karen screaming, what had happened. Handed her pepper spray to the security guy and the police were called. I look over and sure enough, there's cop cars pulled to the front of the store. The nice man asked if I'd been hurt and if I wanted to talk to the police. Honestly though, I'm scared of cops and just want to go home. So I declined to talk or press charges. The man went back inside to talk to the police a bit more and I tried to fix my scarf a little better. I'd lost a few of those pins through all of this, which was kind of annoying, so I couldn't wrap it how it was earlier. The nice woman told me that my heart rate had been at around 200 when I passed out. Now, luckily it had come down again quickly because she had considered calling an ambulance. She lets me know that her partner is texting her and reads out to me what is going down back in the store. As it turns out, I didn't need to press charges. Karen was so infuriated that the nice man would help her terrorist female dog to get away that she got a bit aggressive. 
She was yelling at the manager security and the police officers when the man came back in When she saw him she ripped out her pepper spray Apparently they were dumb enough to give it back to her what and started screaming at the nice man The cop as a result grabbed her arm to stop her and then she tried to pepper spray him She then of course got taken down and cuffed The nice woman is positively gleeful as she tells me about the karen getting tackled Apparently then karen started screaming about suing the cops getting the fbi involved the classic karen stuff Now I didn't get to see her getting taken off to jail sadly My boss pulled up and the woman helped me over to it since then though I refuse to go by myself to any store if i'm wearing a headscarf Even though I live in a different area now Look, i'll be honest guys normally, you know commenting after a story I I try and make a couple jokes say something funny in this I can't really can I i'm just so sorry that this happened to you op and that now you don't even feel safe expressing your own religious identity Like how sad is that? What can I say? I want to you know, I want to make a joke. I don't take it too seriously But come on if there are like racist people out there doing this sort of stuff Making people like op feel extremely uncomfortable to the extent that now op is not even going to go by themselves to any store if they're wearing religious clothing or you know not even a headscarf's not even religious necessarily it doesn't have to be but something that can be perceived as religious ah oh, so sad what a shame how do we fix it i don't know shoot all racist people yeah let's do it and now moving on to our second entitled people story so i just got invited to a bachelorette party and i'm expected to make a donation even if i don't attend hi my name is ali camilla's wedding coordinator I would like to make you aware of the bachelorette party details. This is the date and it's going to be in Las Vegas. Will you be in attendance? Please keep in mind, if you do not attend, a donation towards Camilla's expense would still be required. Please respond with a thumbs up or thumbs down at your earliest convenience. Thank you in advance. So I got that text message earlier today. A few things to note. One, I've got no idea who Ali is. Two, I've got no idea who Camilla is. Three, I'm a guy and four I can't afford to make a trip to vegas. So obviously i'm not going to be attending the bachelorette party Though I wouldn't mind hanging around with a bunch of hopefully attractive women acting wild That said i'm required to still donate towards camilla's expense even if I don't attend Huh? Even if I knew her to say i'd be required to donate is a lot of things including presumptuous rude unprofessional tacky, etc All of which I responded back with to let this wedding coordinator know Ali then had the gall to tell me that i've got too much time on my hands Despite the fact that it took me a few hours to respond if anyone knows who this camilla girl is One don't respond here since I didn't change her name I don't know who she is and there isn't enough info to identify who she really is. So, uh, let's keep it that way And two, let her know that she has an unprofessional and entitled person for a wedding coordinator. She's going to alienate some of Camilla's friends from her and she needs to nip that behavior in the bud. Now guys, amazingly, OP has actually attached an image of the full text conversation between Ali and them. Here we go. So as you can see, the first message just comes out of the blue from Ali. Hi, my name is Ali, Camilla's wedding coordinator. I'd like to make you aware of the details of the bachelorette party in Las Vegas. Are you coming? If you don't, you're going to have to make a donation towards Camilla's expense and then respond up or down thumbs. So, OP responds. Hi, my name isn't Ali and I'm not Camilla's wedding coordinator. In fact, I have no idea who Camilla is, nor am I a female, so I definitely won't be attending. 
Also, even if I did know who Camilla is, and even if I were a female, I would not be required to donate towards her expenses. And it's rather presumptuous of you to try and say that it is. How would you like it if I told you that even if you weren't attending something of mine, you're required to make a donation towards it? It's rude, disrespectful, uncalled for, unprofessional, tasteless, tacky, and very obnoxious. I certainly hope those who know Camilla tell her of your uncalled for requiring of donations so that she can fire your unprofessional butt and get someone who actually knows how to act appropriately. All right, a little fierce response, but hey, seems pretty justified. Ali replies, you definitely have too much time in your hands. Have a great day ahead. Again, that's unprofessional though. Your response should have been along the lines of, my apologies, I must have mistyped the number I meant to send the invite to. But instead, you tell me I've got too much time on my hands, despite the fact that you don't know me, and I didn't even immediately respond to your invite because I was busy with other things. You really are a piece of work. And yeah, to be fair, 10.51, Ali sends the initial message. 1.02 p.m., you know, over two hours later, OP replies. Ali then says, well, don't you think the same would apply, calling me unprofessional when you don't know me? Like I said, have a good day and treat others as you would like. You said a donation is required even if I don't attend. That's unprofessional. So you provided me with a valid reason to say that you are unprofessional. Seriously, you're coming off as someone who feels entitled and believes that they can do no wrong. Focus on your mistakes before pointing out wrongly perceived flaws in others. There you go. Weird series of text messages. I can't tell if OP is coming across a little bit too strong, but hey, nonetheless, Ali is definitely entitled. Now look guys, I kind of think that OP is taking this a little bit too seriously. Yeah, of course, it's very entitled. It's not that deep though, is it really? It is just a weird like concept overall. I don't really understand how this has come about. Like how this person has accidentally messaged you, I don't really understand. The fact that you're required to donate, I don't really get. <laughs> they don't even say, oh sorry, that was a mistake. You're not coming. It is all a bit weird. Um, but yeah, OP is taking it very seriously. I don't really know what to think about this one. It's just a very strange one. I do find it funny though that this person was getting annoyed by OP calling them unprofessional when they don't even know them, but they don't know OP. So yeah, it is strange. It really, really is. Entitled mum demands I date her underage daughter. For some backstory, I am a 24 year old black dude. Unfortunately, I've always looked very young for my age. I'm about five foot seven, skinny, and I've got box braids, which adds to my youthful look, I guess. I do have a beard and moustache, but wearing a mask makes them pretty much non-existent. Ever since I turned 18, I've had an issue of attracting younger girls because they assume I'm around their age. I always decline these girls. I work as a temp stocker at Walmart. On this particular day, I was wearing a black hoodie and sweatpants. What I do like about working at Walmart's is that they let you dress comfortably as long as you don't look crazy. I didn't notice at the time, but the sweatpants that I wore clearly showed my prints. Oh, okay, so I actually didn't know this. Um, Maybe some of you guys did. Print means as in like somebody could see your, you know what, um, outline. Crazy. So I was minding my business, doing the usual work of cutting boxes and stocking shelves. There were some excess baking goods that I had to put on the top shelf, so I had to reach very high. I noticed someone in my peripheral to the right, and I didn't give it any thought. When I finished docking the products, I look over and see a girl holding chocolate chips staring directly at my crotch. My first thought was to tease her about it. My second thought was, she actually looks quite young. And then my third thought was, nope. She noticed that I caught her. 
and we locked eyes for like three seconds She started to turn beet red from embarrassment and she didn't speak I shrugged it off turned around and walked away going back to my work cards I proceeded to see the girl like four more times throughout the grocery aisles She turned red put her head down and run away every time It was funny and a bit adorable to me The next time I see her she was walking towards me with a lady who turned out to be her entitled mother When we crossed paths, we locked eyes again and I gave her a smile. All she could see was my squinted eyes. She did her usual look down, turn red routine. I stopped to put down and cut open the box I was holding when her entitled mum came to talk to me. Were you just checking out my daughter? (laughs) No, mum. I'm not interested in your daughter. Oh, stop it. I saw the way you looked at her. You think she's pretty, don't you? Uh, yeah, she is pretty. I'm just not- You think she's pretty? It should be that simple. And you two locked eyes like lovebirds. You even made her blush. I can explain that. I caught your daughter staring at my crotch earlier and she's embarrassed about it. I guess I smile to signify it's okay and she shouldn't be embarrassed. The entitled mum looked directly at my crotch while I was talking. She was looking at it for what felt like a whole minute, but she finally looked up. Oh my god, you were sexually harassing my daughter? Uh, what? It's very unprofessional and inappropriate for you to be wearing such tight pants. They weren't that tight. You're basically flashing to people. A few bystanders at the end of the aisle were looking, so I thought that maybe I should just dead this situation. I didn't flash anyone. I was just working and she was looking at me. No harm was done. Unless you make my daughter your girlfriend right now, it's sexual harassment. It doesn't count as sexual harassment if you two are dating. This statement made me cringe hard. So I said, F this. Mom, how old is your daughter? 16. How old do you think I am? 18, maybe 19? I took off my mask to reveal my entire face. I'm 23. Just when I thought my cringe meter was full, the entitled mom says this. Look at her. She's very mature for her age and she obviously likes you Don't deny a beautiful young woman. I bet she is. Beautiful and mature. A young man will be lucky to have her. But you're a young- A younger man. Mom. Oh, age isn't that big of a deal. Her dad is seven years older than me. I don't care. Okay, well, I guess we need to talk about your sexual harassment with a manager. I called the manager myself. And when she arrived, the entitled mum was quick to tell her. Hello, mum. What is the issue? This employee has been strutting around, flashing in this store and at my daughter. His pants are too tight and it's unprofessional and inappropriate for him to wear them. I want him disciplined for sexual harassment. The manager looked at my pants, well, my crotch, and then looked at me. I responded. Okay, now ask her daughter what happened. The daughter told the manager the truth about how she saw me, thought I was cute, and how I caught her looking. She also said when she came back, her mum asked why her face was red, and she responded with, she saw a cute guy. She admitted there was no sexual harassment. Her entitled mum was silent. My manager asked her if she still wanted me to be disciplined. The entitled mum said no, and we went our separate ways. The manager, though, did say to me that I can't wear those sweatpants to work ever again. I mean, look, guys, quite a lot is weird about this story. At first, you know, quite innocent, quite cute. It's all right. Everyone's happy with it. The mum even, you know, saying, oh, date my daughter. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but... You know, some mums are like that. Not too abnormal. Now, it gets a bit weird when um the guy reveals that he's 23 and the mum is still like, yeah, no, 
date my 16-year-old daughter. Yes, it's a seven-year age gap, and I get that you have that with your husband now, but that's like literally the guy's, you know, 50% older than your daughter. It's weird. 16 to 23. That's that's ridiculous. Come on. And you still want that? Dodgy. And also, I know that she was accusing you of sexual harassment, but surely she was actually like semi-sexually harassing you, trying to force you to date her daughter and also looking at your crotch. Like, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I don't know. What do you reckon? Pressured by a customer to date somebody. Bit weird. Now moving on to our next entitled parent story. Brother committed fraud. Entitled stepmom tried to yell at me for it. Some background first. My half-brother is a drug addict and has stolen from pretty much everyone in the family. My dad and stepmom were separated and living in different states and my brother lived with dad I live in a different state. My dad is a holy roller. So most of my family is super conservative I'm not at all conservative since my brother can't hold down a job I paid for his cell phone. So we have a way to contact him Otherwise, he'd disappear and nobody would hear from him for months at a time He asked me if I could add his girlfriend to my plan. I said fine, but they need to buy their own phones I started the process. They were supposed to buy the phones and have them activated. I got a call from my brother saying they can't activate the phone. I tell him to have the store call me. He said they can't. I call my provider and they said he shouldn't have a problem activating. I call him back and tell him that and this goes on for two full days. He keeps trying to get me to add him as an authorized user. He must have called me dozens of times. I finally got sick of the calls and called my phone company telling them to add him as an authorized user only to activate the phone and then to immediately remove him i specifically said that he is not allowed to make any purchases she assured me that this would be done a few weeks later and i look at my phone bill they charge two brand new iphones extra chargers charging pads cases screen protectors all on my bill i call the phone company they said he was added so there's nothing they can do i call my brother and he laughed i told him to take all of that rubbish back right away but he said no we argued he got annoyed and said now i'm not paying it back at all and that he hopes it tanks my credits i told him go screw yourself in the bar with a spiked uh, can't say that and hung up five minutes later my stepmom calls me up and said i need to apologize to my brother for what i said i just laughed and said i'll apologize when he takes the phone back She said he's not going to. He deserves it because of what I said. I'm a horrible sister, yada, yada, yada. She called me every name in the book. I told her I'd be pressing charges for fraud and that she can go and screw herself in the butt with a spiked, you know what, too. I called my phone company and raised hell. Luckily, they took notes and somebody saw the part about no purchases. So they reversed the charges for that. They immediately disconnected the lines and flagged the phones as stolen so they can't be used My dad approached me about what I said, but he surprisingly was not mad He said he didn't approve of the language, but he approved of the message Uh, sorry, what? Forgive me, but if somebody buys two iPhones and loads of other rubbish on my card I'm gonna be pretty angry and I think I'm well within my rights to start swearing at them Is that just me? Like, come on, that's so expensive I've got to say, OP, well done for actually getting this money back because I imagine it would have been pretty hard because, yeah, you did actively authorize your brother to use your account. And after doing that, I imagine that most phone companies would have got, you know, pretty technical and said, well, you did say you could do this, even about the charge, whatever, doesn't matter. You said he could do it. But hey, at least you got the money back. That's a good thing. But yeah, your brother, weird. And now moving on to our third story of this Entitled Parents episode. 
Late husband's estranged abusive parents are demanding access to my unborn son I am a 30 year old woman who lost my husband to cancer last year We'd always wanted kids So we had some of his sperm frozen for a later date Sadly, he lost his battle and passed away I'm now in a place where I feel capable mentally of taking care of a child myself And it was a success. I'm expecting a little boy. My husband's parents somehow got wind of this and are constantly demanding that they be allowed in my son's life as he will be the last part of their son. The thing is though, my husband had nothing to do with his parents. Growing up, they were emotionally abusive to him and he got out of there as soon as he could. He hadn't spoken to them in 10 years And when it became clear that things were taking a nosedive, he made sure I knew he didn't want them at the funeral. I don't think he'd want them in our son's life at all, either. So I'm trying to respect his wishes, but family and friends are telling me I should give them a chance, that perhaps they've changed, and how this could be a second chance for them. Perhaps it's cruel, but I don't want my son to be a guinea pig to try run if they're better or not. Is it a butthole move to not give them the chance to prove themselves and deny them contact with my son? My own parents have said how if the positions were reversed, it would break their hearts to be kept from my child. They've suggested supervised visits, but I'm against even that. I'm feeling under so much stress about this as they're constantly messaging my social media and I've had to block them. They've even been coming to my home to try and convince me. Wow, this one is actually so tough. Obviously, there's no right or wrong answer here. It just all comes down to your own perception. (laughs) Where do you even begin with this? Like, how on earth would you even decide on a decision here? So hard. Like, first of all, you've got to respect your husband, right? If you're you're 100% sure that he wouldn't have wanted his parents to have any contact with his child in the same way that he had no contact with them for the last 10 years and left them as soon as he could, then I think ultimately, despite what everyone else is saying, you kind of have to go with that right i think the fact that they weren't even invited to the funeral or weren't even told about it is quite a major thing if you're not invited to someone's funeral you're probably not going to be allowed to see their kids i don't know it's a tough one especially given the fact that your own parents op are saying that if they were in this position they'd be heartbroken like hearing that and then having to make that decision pretty much all on your own is so tough like i don't even know what i do do you give them one chance completely supervised very structured and regimented to meet the kid and just see how they are and see if they've changed i don't know comment down below guys you know what if it was me in this situation i'd say no i'm respecting my husband he clearly didn't want them to be a part of his life so therefore they can't be a part of my life or our kids that's my decision but i don't know this one is really really hard i'm interested to see your thoughts secret santa this seemed like an appropriate place to post this signed up for reddit gifts again this year spent weeks trying to find a gift for my giftee i wanted to get something that they listed in their interests and they had a lot of interests narrowed it down to over 100 different gifts but i couldn't narrow it down anymore so i opted to send them a gift card instead their response was wow i was expecting a more expensive and thoughtful gift Okay, first of all, a little bit of context about what Reddit gifts is. Think about it pretty much as the Reddit version of Secret Santa, but with literally hundreds of thousands of internet strangers taking part. So, Reddit gifts is a giant online gift exchange that started connecting internet stranger friends around the world with one another in 2009. And last year, nearly 200,000 people participated. That's 200,000 internet strangers from 141 different countries all putting their faith in one another and sending gifts around the world. Pretty awesome, right? I think so. Participating really is quite easy. It takes a few minutes to sign up, create a profile. Then you wait until matching day. 
Reddit runs a big program that matches each person to someone else in a giant daisy chain. You get that person's username and you can stalk that person in a friendly way to find a gift that they're going to love and then mail it off to them. And of course, somebody else will be doing the same for you anonymously. When you get it, you post your photos of the awesome gift on Reddit and everyone celebrates together. Pretty much. This is a very wholesome event. It relies on people, you know, having integrity, actually going out there, getting a gift and mailing it off. If nobody does that, the whole thing falls apart. You have to, you know, get into it, do the right thing and actually send the gift off and be grateful for the gift that you receive. Now, guys, that context is important because it just shows how entitled this person is. OP has said in the comments below that they sent a gift card worth more than $20 to the person when the minimum spend of the whole Reddit gift secret Santa thing was $20. So they're spending more money than they'd be expected to. They're giving this person who they have no idea really anything about them, just their name and some pictures or whatever, some information they can find online, the ability to spend that money on whatever they want via a gift card. Yet still, this person is saying, no, I wanted a more thoughtful gift and I wanted one that's more expensive. Again, to make this completely transparent, they don't know each other. They're complete internet strangers. How can you want a more thoughtful gift? You don't know the person. I I don't get it. And asking someone to spend more money on you, someone that you do not know, that is so entitled. It kind of makes me wonder what this entitled person actually sent off for their gift to their anonymous stranger. I would absolutely love to know, but I guess we'll never know. I really have a thought in the back of my mind that it might have been something actually really bad, like cheap, terrible, not thoughtful. This person's just entitled and self-centered. I don't know, that's my thoughts. Now moving on to our next post. Racist lady and her friend take up eight seats in a crowded airport. I was traveling with my brother and his five kids, ages four to 15. We were in the airport in Dallas and the way the seats were set up, there was an entrance at one end of the row and then they went all the way down to the glass with two rows facing one another. Two opposite rows were pretty close together. Also, we're black, which plays in. It was packed and there were seven of us. So we figured that we just have to stand around with the kids for 90 minutes or something like that. But then I spotted some empty seats, each with some stuff on it. Not a lot, but something like a purse, a jacket and a little shopping bag. They were against the glass and these two older white ladies sat facing one another and had set their roller bags up like a wall preventing anyone from getting down the row. I figured that they were maybe traveling with a large group who had left their stuff, but it looked like one person's stuff spread out. So I figured I would ask, excuse me, ladies, are you traveling with anyone? They stared at me for a while. Why? One of them finally asked. I'm wondering if those items belong to you or to your traveling companions. They looked at one another and finally one said, no those are our things do you mind if i move them so we can sit down long pause finally not looking at me they say we put them there yes mom i'm sure you did i'm not asking if you put them there i'm asking you if i could move it so my family could sit down finally one of them gets up in a huff and a scowl and gathers all their stuff and puts it on the seats next to them and says I don't know why you're making an old woman get up like this. You think I've got energy for this? I told you I would move it for you. Then she immediately snapped. I don't need a... I don't need you touching my things. Excuse me, mom? You don't need a what touching your things? I said I don't need you touching my things. No, you said you don't need a something touching your things. What don't you need? You! Still not looking at me. I paused and then said... Did you mean you don't need a n a n a n 
At this point, she wasn't responding. I counted out the seats and the kids all sat down with their bags on the floor. It was still my brother and me and they had two seats with their stuff. I'll need that one too, I said, as I pointed to her seats. More huffing, but no more smack from her. I sat my big black self down right next to hers and put my bag on the floor. They sat in silence until our flight was called. Wow, you handled that like an absolute legend, OP. Although we didn't hear any explicit racism, it's pretty clear from this account that these women were about to say something extremely racist and maybe had racist thoughts throughout in terms of why they wouldn't give OP and her family the seats that they were not using, but just, you know, taking up selfishly. Calling them out though, like that, just being obvious with it and saying, you know what, no, say what you were gonna say. Say it and and, and listen to how ridiculous it is. Amazing. The fact that they had nothing to say just spoke a thousand words. Obviously racist, obviously disgusting, obviously get out of the airport. That's what I say. Now moving on to our third post. Entitled mum tells me my 14-year-old sister was asking to be harassed. Gets roundly embarrassed. So, I am 16, almost 17, and my sister is 14. We were raised by a single dad who is ex-military and firmly believes if someone starts a fight with you, then you should end it. I attend a pretty swanky boarding school in the UK, and there's plenty of entitled mums and entitled kids running around. But they're the sort of rich and don't realize they're a bit dense sort of people. I'm gonna have to try and work out which boarding school this is. Wish me luck. Me and my sister are in separate boarding houses, but see each other most days. I love my sister and often feel the need to stick up for her. In the boarding house next to mine, there is an entitled kid who is 17 and is a very unpleasant young lad. He's not particularly bright as a student, but he's in the first team for rugby and is generally quite athletic. He's been known to be a bully for a while now, but he also seems to have a darker side and many girls have accused him of making creepy comments and openly threatening them. Around the start of October, our drama class began to do casting for High School Musical. Now my sister is absolutely obsessed with it for some reason. So me being the good brother and one of the favorite drama students, I literally take it as a scholarship. I managed to get her a role as a backup dancer and she was really happy. The entitled kid also decided that he wanted a foray into drama and was also cast as a backup dancer since his acting and singing were questionable at best. This means he was working closely with my sister and the other dancers most of the time. No problem, right? Wrong. My sister tells me in the first two days that he was already getting creepy with her and some of the other girls more concerningly younger backup dancers I talked with my girlfriend about it and decided the next day i'd have a polite word with him I'm slightly autistic. So I sometimes need guidance on how to handle things like this The next day I went into the drama room and I clearly heard him say something which I will not repeat here to my sister and another girl I walked up to him already not in a fantastic mood and says something along the lines of don't you dare say that to my sister or any of the girls here you understand now this idiot replies dead ass or war this next part i clearly didn't think through properly but i said well i could either knock your lights out or get you kicked out of the play and the rugby team with what i've heard you say now i'm about six foot 135 pounds and i'm by no means weak but this guy is easily 6'3", 170 to 190 pounds. But nevertheless, he grunts some agreement and buggers off. I thought nothing of it, and the play went off without a hitch. Cut to three weeks ago, and at 9pm, when our homework time ends, I decided to go with my girlfriend to celebrate eight months. And I'm so glad I did. We're walking behind the main school building when we heard someone clearly in distress. 
My girlfriend immediately went to find a teacher and I ran over to see what was going on Since at first I thought somebody had tripped or something I find the entitled kid has backed my sister into a corner and is threatening her Shouting obscenities standing in a very predatory stance She's lying on the floor with a noticeable bruise on her face and sort of shouting in anger and pain I immediately sort of grabbed the kid and started throwing punches My only goal was to get this monster away from my sister now despite him having size and most definitely strength on me I quickly realized every time he hit me. It didn't hurt so bad But when I hit him, he felt it more than I did. I attribute this to the fact that I've gotten beaten up my whole life. Mainly because people assume the autistic kid won't fight back, while this prancy little princess probably isn't used to being hit. Eventually, I got him in a headlock, which I did maybe hold for a bit too long, and when I let go, he didn't fight back. So I just got up and started kicking him. I'm not one of excessive violence, but something about this predator attacking my tiny, relatively defenseless sister had me seeing red. Uh, yeah, mate, I'm not surprised. Of course, in a case of very bad timing, my girlfriend shows up with the teacher just as the entitled kid starts to get the poop kicked out of him by me. The teacher naturally separates us and gets us both sent to the head's office in the following morning. Fairly enough, seeing that the kid is badly beaten and that the teacher saw me kicking him, the head thought that I was the aggressor, which also makes relative sense since the entitled kid's disciplinary record is for the most part clean and mine has a few fights on it. The entitled kid's mum, the queen female dog with the Karen haircuts, fake nails and very fake tan skin arrives and promptly starts to go absolutely bat poop on me for assaulting her baby boy. I once again did myself zero favors by bellowing back just as loud about what a POS her child is, all in front of the head. I couldn't care less either. As far as I'm concerned, the entitled kid was about to assault my sister and this dog was defending him. At this point, I was beginning to think that I could be in big trouble. Fights aren't something my school appreciate and I could maybe even face expulsion. That is, until my girlfriend and sister show up having asked the head to hear their side of the story, claiming to have proof. It turns out that my sister, the clever one that she is, had started recording on her phone while it was in her pocket when the entitled kid approached her. I mean, what a genius. The video lasted seven minutes roughly and was full of the entitled kid threatening to assault her, saying how she should fight back, etc. And it ended after the teacher showed up. At this point, the headmaster decides that our parents will meet with him about the entitled kid's behavior and mine. My dad told me that the entitled mum basically called me a menace to society, along with saying that I should be kept away from the normal kids. All right, lady, I'm autistic, not psychotic. My dad, infuriated, said, well, at least I didn't raise a pedophile. Amid their bickering, the head showed them the video, or better, a black screen and some audio. The entitled mum then tried justifying her son's words by saying, Well, your daughter was asking for it, talking to my son like that. I'm surprised my father didn't cave her skull in for that remark. In the end, the kid was expelled, after some other girls also told the head some of the unsavory things that he'd said and done to them. His mother has also been permanently removed from school grounds. She was a careers advisor, apparently. My dad is proud of me, and my sister got pizza and will get a new computer for her bravery. She responded to all his creepy comments very insultingly. How brave of her. I should also mention that the entitled kid's dad is a charming fellow, 
also ex-military and was shocked at his core by both his son's actions and his wife's response to the video He has profusely apologized both to me and my sister and has also said to my dad how remorseful he is that he didn't raise his son right I thought it fair to add this just in case anyone thought that he was like the entitled mum. I just thought i'd share what was a very mad experience Wow, and there we go. You know what actually? Yeah fair play op for talking about the dad there and explaining that he is not like his wife or their kid It's actually quite impressive the fact that he is, you know saying openly admitting i'm so sorry for what happened and i'm so Sorry that I didn't raise my son correctly pretty horrific story I hate to even begin to imagine what might have happened if you and your girlfriend hadn't been there at that exact time That is lucky beyond belief But hey, maybe it was meant to happen. I don't know. Oh your sister fair play to her It doesn't even sound like she's traumatized by the event. She was defending herself amazingly The the you know the quick thinking to start recording on your phone at a moment of such terror is actually pure genius And i've got to say such a shame that people like this exist, but hey at least he has been expelled. That is all we can say. And there we go, guys. That is going to do it for our slash entitled parents, the movie Christmas Day edition. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you have sat through and watched or listened to the entirety of this episode, then first of all, thank you so much. It's massively appreciated that you're willing to spend this much time with me on Christmas Day or, you know, whenever you're watching it. I appreciate you a lot. And look, if you're not having the best day whenever you're watching this, don't worry. Uh, I hope that listening to these stories about people who are significantly worse people than you, trust me, I know that for sure, has made you feel a little bit better about yourself. I know for sure that whenever I read these stories, I think, wow, however badly my life might be going right now, I can assure myself that it's not going quite as badly as these people's because that is ridiculous. Finally, I just want to say a massive thank you to you lot who have been with me throughout the year and have watched the majority of my videos. Like, you know who you are. If you're a core fan of me and my channel, trust me, I appreciate you guys so much. It is so nice to know that I've got the same audience, you guys, coming back each and every day to watch and listen to my content. It makes me feel warm and happy inside, and it makes it all worth it. I really do appreciate you guys a lot. I know I keep saying that, but I do, and I want you to know that. So yeah, here's to 2022, I guess. Hope you guys have a great start of the new year. I'll be making a New Year's episode. Don't you worry about that. But I just wanted to say it now. Get out of the way. Make sure that you know that I'm thinking about you. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this one. If you do want to see more Entitled Parents movie content straight away, then you guys know I've made a lot of the videos. They're on screen right now. If you are new to my channel and this is the first video you've ever seen and you've sat through the whole thing, then first of all, fair play. Second of all, subscribe. It's, it's been over two hours. Come on. At this point, subscribe. I rate you highly. And I'll see you guys all tomorrow with a brand new video. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.